Never forget, Agent 47. It is quality and not quantity that matters. Ladies, gentlemen and variations thereupon, this is the Joe Rogan Experience. Hello and welcome to Modern Escapism. That was a joke about quality over quantity. My name is Oodles, consistently bad since 2020. And today I am joined by... He can go hard for two minutes, then he flops like a fish. It's Stig. Hello. (laughs) She means well, but in the end it's just unintelligible waffle. It's candy. (laughs) Hello. Like sweet nectar ASMR in your ear canals that eventually gives you... Tinnitus, it's Biggie. Hi. And finally, editing a podcast is like going to a wedding. You start off smiling and happy, and by the end you're crying on the floor in your own piss. It's Gadget. <laughs> accurate, accurate, completely accurate. I don't know. Hello. I, um, I, I'm glad you said ear. What you say? Ear canals instead of the other thing <laughs> that you usually say. <laughs> mm. But yeah, uh, let's just crack on with some corporate shilling as usual. Um, we've got things to sell, and people to sell it to yep we've got it to sell to you guys everyone who listens to the show if you want more of the stuff that we do we do a patreon if you go to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism you'll see on there we have three tiers first up is modern escapees five pounds a month gets you an extended edition of this episode every week as well as a least one monthly special and any other specials that we do if you're into Dungeons and Dragons, we do a D&D player podcast called Do Dragon Stream of Scott Sheep. And you can sign up for the Scott Sheep tier, £5 a month. That gets you ad-free versions and early access to the podcast. You get access to battle maps, artwork, music, character sheets, and anything we create for the podcast. And you can suggest names and uh, NPC names and items for gadgets using the campaign. Um, if you If you do... Uh, have a biggie bundle or scotch sheet bundle then please do send them into gadget we'd like some of them it helps yeah. <laughs> it would <laughs> <laughs> no we just want to see some of the crazy stuff that some of our listeners would come up with you so. can even invent where they're from what what accent they've yeah. got and everything we just, we just we need inspiration <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no, there's, there's no limits on it just go fucking weird yeah yeah and uh, if you're feeling flush seven pound fifty the biggie bundle that gets you everything Yes. And we're pro-climate as well, because it's completely plastic-free. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Yeah, I always forget to mention that. But yeah, <laughs> thank you. So we're just going to start as we mean to go on. I just want to know what people have been up to. So Biggie, what have you been doing, young man? Uh, there's a few things I want to quickly mention. Um, <laughs> for some weird reason, um, I ended up watching The Inbetweeners this afternoon, the TV show again. Mm. Uh, first time I've seen it probably since when it first came out. I have no idea why I sat there and watched it. And I did. And it was definitely entertaining in places. I'd forgotten quite a lot about it. Um, Not everything in there is (laughs) uh, (laughs) aged well. But, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Quite enjoyed that. I saw The Suicide Squad first time. Really enjoyed that. Quite agree with most of the comments that everyone has brought up on here already. Um, It's got a few weird offbeats um, in that. It's not the complete movie, without a doubt. I still prefer Guardians of the Galaxy. 
but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was good. Um, the main thing I wanted to talk about was my little trip around the Isle of Wight that I did yesterday. The where? Isle of Wight. Never been. So Sounds I went, um, my brother and um, some friends of his wanted to make up some numbers, so I got invited to go around on a rib, which is one of those SAS-type speedboat things. Oh, oh. cool. And went around the Isle of Wight and actually went on there, which I'd never been before, considering that I worked at sea for 13 years. I never visited the Isle of Wight. And um, yeah, you imagine if you got that. seasick on that little that whip. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was absolutely fine. It wasn't that bad. The weather was perfect. Uh, great view, speeding around the ocean on that was just amazing. Didn't really have any cool. uh, speed two moments. Certainly <laughs> 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 went faster than that fucking shit. <laughs> huh, huh, but yeah, huh. we passed lots of. You know, everything on the water was there. The yachts, the police doing training. Um, there's a cruise ship that was docked. I mean, it was, it was great. We really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Great fun. The sea air did me a lot of good. And uh, played a bit of Deathloop. I think we've all got something to say on that later. Yeah, we're, go- we're going to do a big bumper chat about that in a second. But I want to know what Stig's been up to. Uh, this week, watched a couple of films. Um, first up, I watched a film called Supernova. Stars uh, Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. Um, Strong. Yeah, it's about uh, a gear couple who've been together for 20 years and Tucci's character, Tusker, starts to develop um, dementia. Oh. So he's a writer and he's kind of starting to forget things. As you know, he starts to forget how to write, how to read, how to do all these kind of things. Um I'll be honest, I was left a little bit disappointed. Um, yeah, because it's a strong cast, that. Huh? Yeah, exactly. you got, like, two great, like, leads there. Like, and, and they do a really good job. They're really good. Like, yeah. you know, there's great chemistry between them two. But when I first watched the trailer for it, I was expecting a film that would kind of leave me in bits. Yeah. You know, by the end of it, um, like mm. I was with The Father. Um, it was very much, like, the same kind of story about a man falling into... A film about dementia and things, which is incredible. Yeah, it's it's that's incredible. But that that film left me in tears, and I was kind of expecting this film to just like leave me absolutely wrecked. But I didn't. I was kind of ambivalent towards it. it, Really, Um, you know, like it's it's a real gentle and tender and intimate film, Mm. but it's just a bit lukewarm. No, I know what you mean. Some of these Oscar baited type films sometimes they just they just fail, especially at the third act as well. Yeah, I mean that the act that them two are really good. I'm yeah. stressed that like they're really good and they're doing what they can with the material. But everything it's just not much happens. They just kind of mm. go on a little road trip in the camper van to some of their like spots that meant something to them when, in their relationship. They go back to his sorry to Colin first uh, family home and, and kind of yeah. meet up with a the family there, and this is kind of it really. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, the other one was Malignant. Oh, uh, oh okay. <laughs> this is this is a film. This is certainly <laughs> something. Certainly something. Uh, I don't think I've heard of it. It's by, directed by James Wan. Uh, James Wan is of the Conjuring, Saw, Insidious film. Uh, oh, so there's been a lot of internet chatter about. So those kind of horrors. Those films uh, I've not seen as well. <laughs> Uh, some of them are really good, actually. Um, I think this so. is, this is, uh, yeah. It's so it's about 
a, a girl called Madison who is paralysed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these wakening dreams are in fact terrifying realities. So she's basically seeing these gruesome murders play out, but she's more or less kind of transported to where these murders are happening. Mm. So she can't do anything about it. She just She's basically frozen to the spot and all she can do is look. She, you know, no one can see her. She can't do anything. She can't touch anything. She's just seen these murders happen, and you, as the film goes along, you kind of find out why she's experiencing this. And when you find out why she's experiencing this, it's just uh, oh. <laughs> your, your chuckles are not making me feel like this is. A, it's like a seal of quality. Is this up for Oscars? Oh, you're, not supposed, no. you're not supposed to be laughing at horror films. Surely not. I mean, it is. It's definitely a horror comedy. I mean, if it isn't, then oh it, it has to be. Um, it's not. It's billed as a mis- mystery thriller, horror, crime. Uh, but yeah, you can't help but laugh at some of it. But I actually, I actually quite enjoyed it. Do you know what oh, I mean? Well, like, you sound like it because she had fun watching like, it. Like I did have a lot of fun with this film, and uh, me and Kate actually guessed what was going on somehow before it was revealed. Oh. And then the last thirty minutes of this film are. Uh, it takes a very quick tonal shift from the rest of the film. And he just sat there going, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> it's just absolutely insane. The last 30 minutes of this film. And it doesn't even seem to match up with the rest of the film. So but, is it a marketing thing that's built it wrong? Or is it just the fact that no one actually knows if it's a comedy? No, or it's just James Wan being James Wan. Absolute Wan. <laughs> <laughs> He directed Fast and Furious 7, so you'll probably come Banger. across some of these. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. What a film. Yeah, but it is... Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to, All I could do is just kind of giggle at it. Like, is, is it the, more, the, the less said, the better for everyone that wants to go yeah, into I, it? Oh, yeah, I can't spoil this at all, because like Gadget knows what's happened, because he's read the spoilers. Yeah. Uh, and it's absolutely insane. But, uh, yeah, I, we kind of guessed what was going on, but the uh what yeah when the reveal happens and that change and shift at the end it just it takes the film up another notch and yeah for me it's like a three out of five film but i i really had a fun time with it i now have a morbid curiosity (laughs) i think you should watch it just because of that like it's uh how long is it 111 minutes long so just over an hour and a half be able to say where it will be an hour and a half if you take out the credits so (laughs) right you're able to say where it's available Yes, it's cinemas at the moment. Oh, okay. Right, excellent. And I'm going to move on to me. Um, I've been playing another one of those computer games. Oh, they're silly little things, aren't they? Them, them games. <laughs> Gamers do. <laughs> you. They make you do, like, feels and stuff, don't they? Because, like, yeah. this game's fucking really hit me. So it's a game called Eastward. Um, it's available on Steam and Nintendo Switch. It's published by Chucklefish. Uh, if you don't know who they are, they did the ever... Addictive, um, what's a farmy game called? What's it called Stardew? Stardew? Stardew Valley. They did that. I'm sure they did. I think so. Anyway, I believe so. I'm going to say they did. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they published this, and it was made by a a, um, a Chinese uh, company called Pixpill. Uh, basically, Eastward. <sighs> right. Does anyone know what Earthbound is? Mm-hmm. Oh, Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. That's basically what this is. So it's a gorgeous-looking adventure RPG. Um, it's set in the near future. Society's starting to collapse. You know, oh, society. 
uh, the human population is at an all-time low. And basically, you start off as John, a silent protagonist, but it's it's actually done well that he's silent because you've got a, a sidekick, an adopted daughter named Sam, who doesn't shut up deliberately. She's really hot-headed and she's she's just... Yeah, she's a spunky little girl and everything about it is just proper endearing. Like, John looks like an every dad. Big beard, bit of a belly, wears a, a gilet and some jeans. Do you know what I mean? He's just an every dad. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 and straight away, the second you... St- it's just... It's absolutely stunning. You look at... And again, look at the, the, the uh, artwork for this game. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um... And basically, yeah, like like Super Mario RPG, like uh, Found and stuff, it's a narrative-focused role-playing game where, yeah, yeah, there are battles, but the battles are basically Zelda, Zelda dungeons, you know, where you're, you're, yeah. att- you're attacking baddies, but not with a sword, with a frying pan. Um, As you do. Yep, and you can, <laughs> you can switch between uh, John and Sam. Sam has uh, psychic powers, so she can freeze enemies. John can whack them with a pan. Um <laughs> it's, it sounds simple, but it's not. Think Zelda-style dungeons where you've got to solve puzzles. Uh, you get, you even get Zelda bombs. You know, you've got blow-up walls and stuff. And it's not the gameplay that's the best thing about this. It's got that uh, Undertale vibe where the writing is just absolutely rock solid. It's funny, um, and it, it, you're set basically. It, it, very much like Final Fantasy VII, where you, you start off and you're underneath the world, basically. You, you live in slums underground, and uh, the outside world's called the Forbidden Zone. Don't go there. And so far, I'm at about four four hours in. Um, we're, we're trying to find our way out. Uh, it's, just, it's just so fucking good. It's one of those things that... It hits me perfectly, because we haven't had... Well, we, we, we have had Earthbound sequels and stuff, but... Oh, this type of game is just doesn't come around that often. Like you never get that that pure story and and gameplay mixed perfectly well. This one, just as the story's about, you're like, right, I'm ready to start playing. You start playing, and just as you've been playing a while and you want a bit of story, it's just it's just perfect. The pacing is absolutely bang on, and as I said, the graphics are just absolutely stunning. And luckily, it isn't it isn't hit hard by Nintendo tax. It's only twenty pound, I think. And, oh, excellent. and it's promised to be a 30-hour game. So just if you, if, you, if, you, if you like Earthbound or anything like that, those classics on Super Nintendo, please give it a go. And if you don't like JRPGs, it's not a JRPG, so don't worry. It's a proper Zelda-style combat. But, yeah, oh, please just... Do you know how over other week I was saying, oh, Tales of Arise is potentially going to be my game of the year? Yeah. We've, got, we've got a contender. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> That's how much I love it so far, and I'm 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 going to review all over Tales of Arise. Oh, oh yeah. I still am. I'm still I still am. I'm, <laughs> I'm playing them both. But people are playing two RPGs. It's they're completely different. Do you know what I mean? That that the, one's battle heavy and one's story focused. It's just oh god, it's so good. Please try it out. At least I'd, I challenge anyone listening to this. Look at the look at the the artwork for it, and and tell me you're not at least a bit interested to play it. But yeah. We're going to move on to Candy and see what she's briefly been talking about. And then I believe a few of you are going to discuss something big that's happened this week. So, Candy, what have you been doing? Well, yeah, the big thing is my main thing. But just briefly, I uh, went to see Shang-Chi, um, pleasantly surprised, enjoyed it more than I was expecting. And, yeah, like we said, it was just a real spectacle to see at the cinema. It was just absolutely stunning. 
Um, a lot of variety within the style. Some of it just felt like a callback to the kind of films of China in the last 20 years, House of Flying Daggers, and then other scenes felt like it was straight out cyberpunk. Oh. So I really enjoyed that. See that at the cinema if you can. Um, but the main thing I've done, I listened, well, yeah, listened to a, a book on, on uh, Audible called The Dispatcher by John Scalzi. Um, oh, I love a bit of Scalzi. I was going to mm. say, if you've... If you're an Audible fan, you would have heard of him. His his books are often on the recommended list and they're often on sale as well. And pick up any if you can. Um, so The Dispatcher is set in a future lot, not long from now and it's become nearly impossible to murder someone. So if if somebody gets murdered 999 times out of a thousand, um, they won't die. They'll end up naked but safely back in their own bed at home. It's not really explained why, but it's kind of changed <laughs> everything about life. It's changed war, it's changed crime, daily life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and now a dispatcher is someone who's basically trained to kill a person humanely. Um, effectively, it's sort of a license to kill. And they're usually stationed in hospitals um, during high-risk operations or they're placed in ER. It's just, you know, just in case somebody's on the verge of dying of natural causes, they'll dispatch of them. And they'll end up in bed at home 999 times out of a thousand. Um, now, some of these dispatches, they'll take on some freelance, more shady work. For example, they might end up working at a fight club for gangsters. So fight clubs, the fights are allowed to continue until somebody's mortally wounded at this point because they can nearly always come back. Um, so the dispatcher would take a payment under the table to kill the loser of the fight so they'd hopefully wake up in bed. And the story follows a dispatcher who's hired by police to investigate the disappearance of a fellow dispatcher who he's kindly, kind of friendly with. Um, really good little book. It's only it's 160 pages if you're reading it, or it's about three hours long on Audible. And it's kind of a, Ooh, a like genre. That. Yeah, it's, it's a good genre spanning one. So it's kind of sci-fi, bit of a crime mystery and um, really good fun. Um, as far as I can tell... It covers most loopholes pretty well because it it does go into the sort of if ands and buts and everything. Yeah, but I, d- it, I do like that when you said three hours. The last audio book I listened to were forty eight hours long. My God, so. <laughs> I, yeah, I do like getting an audio book and it's just like, oh, this is twelve hours. It's like that's refreshing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I managed to do the whole thing on a couple of drives, so it was um, it was just the right length to uh, yeah, just to keep me entertained. But good. As I said, if you if you do have Audible, um, it's it's narrated by Zachary Quinto, who does a really good job of it too. So nice little mm. listen. Excellent. So what we're going to do now, because Gadget's absolutely champing at the bit to talk about, is is his, his favourite thing of the week. But I believe all you nerds have played a certain game that he's going to chat about as well. So feel free to jump in, Gadget. Just just put everyone out of the misery. What have you been doing this week? So before I get into the main thing, because I did have one one other thing to bring up, I, um, I, I um, well, I finished the Silo Saga. Oh um, yes, start with Wool, fantastic. Read them all, brilliant. Third book's incredible. So quick, so no dropping quality there. Then no, 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 no dropping quality. At all. I got the audio book, so that's yeah. so did so did I. for me. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I watched the Suicide Squad, not with Biggie, but I did watch it. Um, really good film, surprisingly. It is um, for a DC film. But <laughs> the game's good. <laughs> Definitely the best DC film I've seen, um, or at least the one I've enjoyed the most. Um, and just for the um, back and forth between Idris Elba and John Cena. Oh, they're it's great just together. so funny. 
the the whole sequence in the camp where they where they're kind of competing for kills. Yeah, yeah. I was howling laughing. It was so <laughs> yeah. funny. They should redo Lethal Weapon with them too. Be incredible. Absolutely. I would oh, watch that. Yeah, that, that, honestly, that, 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 that line is just like you're overcompensating. He goes, "It's not overcompensating if it's dope as fuck." It's yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck. Fuck is right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I got um, another book this week um, called uh, Campaigns and Companions, which is uh, your pet's guide on how to play D&D. Unbelievable. Um, and it's it's by Andy Ewington and Rihanna Pratchett. Rihanna Pratchett? Rihanna Pratchett? I don't know how, how to pronounce it. But essentially all it is is um, some lovely artwork um, and some situational moments between... Um, a DM and um, an animal. <laughs> oh, and it's for just, the it, listeners, it, he is showing us lovely artwork. Yeah. Great for the podcast yeah. medium. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So, 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 so for for instance, there's one here, and this is and, and this is between um, this is this is between the, uh, the game master, a dog, a cat, and a hamster. Mm. So the game master says the ogre lumbers towards the party. The dog says, "I reach for my hammer of clobbering." Wait, wait, where is it? The cat, my jewel daggers, they've gone missing too. Game Master, perhaps a thief lurks in the shadows. Dog, Clive, give them back. And the hamster says, I'm still keeping it safe. <laughs> and there's a picture of all the weapons in its cheeks. <laughs> I like it. And it's just, it's very funny and it's very cute. And it's just lovely. It's, a, just, it's just a like a little book. It's a bit of tenor. But well worth getting. Um, but yeah, the main thing that I'm going to talk about and I'm going to wax lyrical about is fucking Deathloop. It's yeah. here. It's right. finally here. You all feel free to jump in on this one. This is this is your moment, you PlayStation 5 owning <laughs> bastards. <laughs> when mine eventually yes, yes, yes. turns we'll off. Yeah, we'll just cast noodles <laughs> out there, the, the non-PS5 owner of the group. Not by choice. Partner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so De- Deathloop is the latest game by um, Arcane Studios Leon. Um, it is a time-looping, stealth-em-up, kill-em-up, murder-em-up, the whole basis is you play a character called Colt who wakes up on the island of Black Reef. The island itself is stuck in a time loop, and the only way to break the loop is to kill eight visionaries in one loop of the clock. Um, the, the eight visionaries are dotted around the island in various time periods throughout the day, and you have to work out how to kill all eight in one loop. And that's essentially it. That's the kind of the concept as quick as, quick as you like. Um, it's super stylish. It's super fun. It's arcane at their absolute best. It's got the best bits of like Dishonored and Prey and even like stuff referencing back to Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, um, one of their earliest games. It's absolutely astonishing. Like I've it's it's one of those games that I'm playing it and I'm just I'm hooked. And when I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking thinking about the levels, I'm thinking about the areas. Um it's got this gorgeous kind of sixties, seventies vibe and aesthetic. One of the best soundtracks in a game I've ever heard. All original music as well, and it's mm. absolutely yeah. banging. Do you know what I really like about the music and the soundtrack as well? Is when you're wandering around, it does those like little kind of James Bond little mm. guitar riffs. Yeah, ding ding Bang. ding. Yeah, it feels like very much like you're wandering around in a Bond like thing at, yeah. at times because of those little guitar riffs and stuff. Yeah, the um. The dialogue and presentation, especially between Colt and... So Colt is an assassin, and there is a rival assassin, uh, Juliana, um, who it's quite clear Colt and Juliana have had some kind of previous relationship or previous history with each other. The banter between them is fucking incredible. 
like you, every time you kind of wake up at the beginning of a loop or you walk into a new area, Juliana will kind of pop over the radio and kind of berate Colt slightly or Colt will ask her a question and then tell her to fuck off when he doesn't get the answer he wants. Um, but their, their back and forth is it's really natural. You can tell like the actors have, have done well to make it sound like they, they know each other well or have a long history together. Yeah, I assume um, it's the same for everyone. Uh, it comes out the speaker of the controller. I was yeah, about to mention that. But yeah. yeah, it's yeah. so. I've, I've actually switched to playing with the controller only because it's so much fun. There's, it's obviously it's not just the voices that come out the controller. It's um, the way the ammo drops onto the floor as well, and um, the yeah. way you're using your little jammer and everything. So much comes out of the controller. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, See, I found that with when Ratchet and Clank that a lot of the stuff comes out of the controller now. So there's a lot of sounds and like stuff over the radio and that as well in that game that comes out of the controller. I just quite like that they're actually using the stuff they've put in this controller this time around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely love it. And like you said, the, the voice acting and music is just superb. The sense of humour is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I said to you, Gadget, before we started recording, I, I wrote a load of notes about this and I managed to actually sink my teeth into the game properly this mm-hmm. afternoon after I wrote those notes and I'm going to go back on everything I said because I did struggle at first. I had quite a few freezing issues um, and I did get wedged into the scenery um, and I'd played it for about four hours and I had about four instances of that. So that was a bit of a turn off. But since then, it seems to have um, sorted itself out a little bit. So I'm just I'm really, really enjoying it. And like Gadget said, I'm, I, I'm just thinking about it now. I just want to get back to it. It feels yeah. it does feel very familiar to play if you have played Dishonored and Prey and yeah. everything. It's, you That's can just weird. I've not had any in. crashes no, at all. I don't know about anyone else. No, no, yeah, I've, I've, I've had no crashes. I've had the odd little like kind of texture pop in and out, but it's a Bethesda ga- Bethesda published game. You have to expect it. <laughs> Todd, Todd Howard sat in the on... back of the office pressing the Bethesda button. What are you? <laughs> dank. What are you playing on, Candy? Like what type? Because I'm, I'm playing on performance. Same. I Same. switched it to the medium one. But yeah. this was this was before I I started playing on performance, and that's when I had the issues. Okay. So I switched to the medium one, and it's still done the same thing. So I think I was probably just unlucky. I had to look online, and other people have had the issue. Um, but like I said, the last couple of hours of gameplay, it hasn't been so bad. So I can I think I can safely go back on that and um, yeah. wipe the slate clean. Do you know there. what I really love about it as well? Um, and I've been told that this is very dishonored. Like it's just like the hopping. Buildings and jumping over yeah, onto yeah. the rooftops and doing different ways to take people down. And it's shot not just like, oh, there's some people there, walk down this alleyway and kill them. It's just like, I had one where I was like hopping on the walls, like there's people below me. I was like, how do I take them down? I was like, fuck it. I just jumped off the roof and went down with my na- with my machete and just literally just yeah. click cleaved yeah. right into the guy's head. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, just do it like that then. The <laughs> My favourite ones are just kind of wandering along a cliff si- cliffside or a wall and just seeing like a lone guard there and just booting them off the cliff. Yep. That's yeah. It's a very well. satisfying kick attack in this one. It's, it's, it's like something out of Doom. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I'm using the machete for the majority of the time. I don't start. Yeah, I am I don't start oh, yeah. I'm, uh... I'm, I'm going sneaky, sneaky, but that's mostly because I'm a PC gamer. Like, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm shit at shooting um, first person shooter games with a controller. So I'm just sneaking everywhere. Um, I had and like any time I'm in a gun, <laughs> any time I'm in a gunfight, it's just panic firing. Yeah. <laughs> it might be me Suppression. getting used to the control. One of the issues I had um, quite early on, once you get shown the sort of as you go through the tutorial side, there's a the first time you come out of the main area and you want to have a look around the island and discover. And I found a group of people, and there's that option where you press. I think it's down on the D-pad, 
and you focus on people. Mm. Yeah. And it tells you an idea of what sort of state of mind they're in, how they might attack you, stuff like this. And I somehow accidentally switched my weapon from having the, the what's it, the hacky majig or something, I think it's called. Hacky yeah. yeah. And I switched from that to my gun. And I went to go and do something, and I just started shooting, caused no. a complete gun fight. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I, I swear I had my thing in my hand then, so I'm not quite sure. It's just getting used to the controls a little bit. There's a, like, a button for almost everything at the moment. Yeah, because you can have uh, dual weapons, can't you? So if, yeah. if yeah. The, the left L1 would be where you use your, your hacker, uh, but sometimes you can put a gun in it, so or grenade. Do you know what you just said about then, Gadget? You said, oh... Um, that you just it's just manic when you're shooting yeah uh i had a guy literally it made me laugh loads because they were shooting back at me and i just heard someone shout suppressing fire and it just <laughs> obviously reminded me of archer where he just got where he just shoots <laughs> oh there's loads of little references like that in it yeah the um it's it's a it's a very knowing game like it knows how silly it is and i think that's part of the joy of it like there's, there's, you get these tooltips that are kind of like written on the environment as you walk around. It's it's like, I think it's from Colt's memory or a different timeline cult or something like that. Um, and th- there was one that walked around. Like, I'd been doing lots of sneaking kills. Um, and it was quite, it was just, it just said on the wall, bullets are free, have fun. <laughs> it's just like, oh, so the, yeah, the game does actually encourage you to just f- go fuck yeah. it and shoot everything. Have, <laughs> have you found though where you're walking around and it says, this is not the way. Go around, do this. And you just go. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> just decide. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots, of, lots of time. I was, I was, I was being chased by Juliana at one point, and, it, and um, yeah, it, it said like above a door, wrong way, turn around. I'm like, fuck no, there's bullets behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've one complaint so far. I've not. I've only put a couple of hours into it, but I have found at times that some of the and like the uh, enemies don't react to sound. Yeah, some, sometimes like, I was a I was shooting people, and in my eye line, I could see them on my screen. There was an enemy over to the left and over to the right, and they just carried on doing what they're doing. It's like they are very they are close enough mm. to hear the gunfire. Yeah, I just the, thought that was AI a bit disappointing. Need, but yeah, the AI does need a little bit of a tweak in some place. Sometimes yeah. it can be incredibly dumb, but then I think most of the time it's like you get overwhelmed in numbers. So mm. I think that kind of makes up for it. So it's like even if the AI is not very smart, if you set off an alarm, yeah. you get swarmed pretty quickly. And yeah. Colt's quite squishy. Like it doesn't yeah. take a lot to kill him. No, no. I've, 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 oh I've yeah, the deathly revival thing's really cool as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Reprise, yeah, where yeah. you die and you can come back through twice. Before yeah. you die properly, and you have to start the loop again. Prince it's a bit like um, a rewind on, um, yeah, Prince of Persia or Forza, where you can actually go back to a corner you crashed into and just change your mind before that happens. It's very cool. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. that because I've I've had to use that three times, but I have used it loads. I haven't actually <laughs> died to go back to the start of a loop yet. No, me neither. But I'm yeah, very, yeah, very will. like. Like I said, an hour and a half, two hours into it, so I'm I'm only in kind of that opening section where you are just taking down like no, like random no names. So yeah, yeah. When when you when you start kind of like going in after the visionaries, like the vision. What I like about the visionaries themselves aren't actually hard to kill. Like they're not bullet sponges, which I was worried that they would be. Like you'd spend all this time kind of tracking what all eight of them, and like it takes you fucking ages to kill them. No, they can all be done quite quickly. The problem is getting to them. That mm-hmm. is the problem. There's so many guards, or so many traps, or so many environmental things. One of them's got a fucking nuclear reactor she can set off if she spots you. Um, <laughs> to blow up the whole island, which is nice of her. 
Um, and they've all got some kind of quirk. Like one um, is a sniper that kind of uses a, uses a cloak, and you have to try and like work out how to like make him visible again before you can attack him and stuff like that. You know, they're just fun. One of them is constantly is is massively paranoid, so he stops you being able to use your powers. Um, so you've got to you, you know you don't get the reprise. You've got to do them in one life, or otherwise you go back to the beginning of the loop. Um, it's so so clever, and like everything just feels like like many levels of dishonored, um, mm. stitched together in a really kind of semi open world. Really good. Yeah, I love and it. I, I assume it. You guys have played a bit more than probably me and Stig by the sounds of it. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting when you start the game is that the multiplayer is locked until mm. you, I assume... Yeah, you've got to beat the first main the, quest. Yeah, the first main quest. So I thought that was pretty it's, nice it's, Yeah, it's, it's basically you have to go through one full loop. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's, I think it's called the longest day or something like that, the quest. Yeah. Once you've done that, it unlocks the ability to um, play online where you can invade other people's games as Juliana and fuck them up. See, I didn't realise that that's how, it's, how it works, so I will be invading at some point. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes. I, I haven't done it either, but I'm looking forward to having a go at some point. Yeah, at, at the minute I'm playing like purely offline, like so it's like any time Juliana pops in, it's just the AI. I, I am not prepared to fight other people right now. <laughs> I think I'd I've feel, got it set to I think friends I only, about I think. invading, though, because, like, it, because one, I know that it would just... You don't play enough Dark Souls. I, know it was I was going to say, my... we're Dark Souls pros, we invade all the time. I <laughs> got invaded when I was playing Bloodborne a few times, and that piss, it just pissed me off. I like complete Dark Souls and then and never never go to New Game Plus and just invade for hours and hours and kill people. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like so. Yeah, Bastards. you can do it with Juliana if you want, and you know the the, the whole the, the, you get the challenge between like if you're playing as Juliana to beat Cole uh, to beat Colt, you have to kill him up to three times because he's got the reprise ability. Um, but as Colt, you just need to kill her once. So, so what's the actual becomes, point in the multiplayer then? What, what are you gaining as her? Because she's not got a story, has she? She's kind of got little bits of story, like because um, you just level her friends, up. Well, she's friends with the other visionaries, so you can get dialogue that you wouldn't get as cult Perfect. and stuff like that. So there's a reason to um, do it. Yeah, the, yeah, there's a reason to do it. Plus, you get unlocks for cult, like in the single player game as well. So you, you, you know, you, Wild. you ah. and there's trophies and achievements for it as well. So. Ah, fair enough. Do you think you can invade friends games at some point? Yes, you yes, can. You, yeah, you, you can invade friends, but it's it's oh, kind of random. So random. Cool. You can you can set it to basically invade your friends list. Yeah, but if, it, but if seven of your I friends are playing it, yeah, I can't specify. I want to invade Candy. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. But it, it, the odds are, on the amount of friends I have playing Deathloop, it probably would be one of you three. <laughs> because <laughs> because got no friends. For, for something I read up about the multiplayer, for those that don't know, is that in the multiplayer when you can invade, you can also pretend to be another NPC. Yes. So yeah, when you're in a powers. loop and you're like going Assassin's around, Creed on yeah. the multiplayer. I don't know, yeah. I've not played that, but yeah. You no, can it's, it's exactly like that. If they know that there's a character somewhere and they expect them around the corner, then you could be that one, and then they think you're just an NPC, and then, yeah, you can turn around and kill them, surprise yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was listening to um, the Backpage podcast about this, and they, they, were, they were talking about it, and said so it, it is one thing that you can go in and kind of, like, you know, pretend to be another NPC, but the players will notice if you start parkouring across a roof because most of the NPCs don't <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. do that. <laughs> so it's like you have to, it's social stealth. You have to like act like an NPC as well. Yeah. It's a bit like the Among Us, isn't it? Yeah, mm. pretty much actually. <laughs> well, excellent. Uh, I'm going to cut you all short now, uh, but, but I've got two questions. Um, one, do you reckon this has got Game of the Year contender written all over it? Absolutely, it, uh, I'm, it's it's bothering Monster Hunter Rise for my game of the year, and wow. I haven't even fucking finished it yet. And two, 
Can I borrow your PlayStation? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Well, thank you all for that. Um, yeah, if you want to know more about Deathloop and how our hosts are getting on with it, why didn't you just pop into a pay- our um, Discord and chat amongst everyone else about it? Because I believe there's a little Deathloop channel in there. There is now, yes. Yep. So, yeah, you can talk about your exploits. But I want to talk about the main topic at hand this week. Because I'm more excited about this. Because I've got more of an impa- input in this. <laughs> <laughs> you have things to say. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like not being involved in the party. Sorry, so, you've only got a year to wait. Shut up. <laughs> I'm like, guys, guys. Have you ever played Deathloop? You're like, yeah, we're on the sequel. <laughs> you, you could try and get get it running on your laptop. It's on Steam. I, do you know what? I've looked at the minimum thing, and it would run it only if. Like, I don't care about what it looks like. <laughs> it looked like it may, it may melt to the desk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the fact that then I've got to sit at a laptop and play a game. Blech. So, <laughs> Piggy, what are we talking about this week? Yeah, this week's show, we're talking about immediate drops off in quality. Not the things that gradually got worse over time, but those whose sequel or second series just fell right off a cliff. That's it. <laughs> I know. I would just, just want the quality to drop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what we're talking about. I mean, it's it's con- it, this is this is proper subjective. This topic because so someone else's what what we deem as quality might not be someone else. You know what I mean? So um, feel free to attack us online if you want to, um, <laughs> because like I said, it's very very subjective, but. I'm just going to wheel a fortune this, and I'm going to actually start with candy. Wow. Oh, me first. That's mm. first. Um, so I'm going with American Horror Story, and mine is yes. kind of more of a sudden drop-off rather than an immediate drop-off. Um, now, if you don't know American Horror Story, it's an American horror TV series created by Ryan M- Murphy and Brad Falchuk, the first series of which was aired in 2011. Um, every season is its own self-contained story, so it follows a different set of characters in its own set, but uses largely the same cast of actors, and that certainly was the case within the first several seasons. Um, occasionally, there'd be Easter eggs relating to other seasons, but there's no until season eight, there was no actual crossover between the seasons. Um, it started was an absolutely stunning first season. So the first season was Murder House. It's the only yeah. one I've um, seen that season. Yeah, and that's the one that what people will think of when they think of American Horror Story. So it's the most notorious and the most iconic season, I think. And it's got it features the image of the um, that gimp suit that most people think of when they reckon <laughs> or they recognise when they think of American Horror Story. You know, you can see him kind of just sort of hanging down. Um, I prefer so the I term found- pleasure suit. Pleasure suit. I do apologise, <laughs> but it's a gimp suit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a family move into a house filled with ghosts um, and it's it's more of a twist on a classic haunted house story because a lot of the ghosts that inhabit it are um, from modern times and some of the characters that are presented, they're only revealed to be ghosts um, a good way into the series. Spoiler alert. Um, it introduced an amazing cast, some of which would become a staple of the series, including Evan Peters, Jessica Lange, Sarah Paulson. Francis Conroy and Zachary Quinto. Second time we've mentioned him tonight. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Um, and it just has 
genuinely unsettling moments and it did dare to do something new within that sort of haunted house setting and has a few nice twists that I don't think you can see coming. Um, and the following seasons, and I'm just going to recap them really briefly, um, but they did hold that quality. Um, so Asylum brought back Jessica Lang, Evan Peters and gave Sarah Paulson a much larger role. And, um, that was really good. Yeah, for a long time, she was one of the uh, one of the main sort of cast members. It's set in a mental asylum run by nuns and a murdery SS doctor shortly after World War Two. It follows Sarah Paulson's character as lesbian who's being held against the will because <sighs> at that time it was considered a, a mental disorder. Really good, really scary. Had sci-fi twists and turns, and really enjoyable. See, Governor's- I, sorry to interrupt it. That is literally where I dropped off that series. For me, really? So that literally I've, was an immediate was, drop in quality. It, for me, for it was you. literally immediate because it was just like the first one, like was as good as you said it was, and then the second one was just like let's just throw everything at it and see what sticks. It's like Nazis and aliens and yeah, for me, unsurprisingly, and this and that, and it's like mm. unsurprisingly, I just didn't know there was a second series. <laughs> 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 it doesn't just surprise for, anybody. <laughs> yeah, I just did. We just didn't enjoy it at all. So maybe it was me that managed to stay around, but there certainly no, was I a did. very sudden uh, drop in quality. Coven, the third one, one of my favourite seasons, based yep, around a coven really of witches, good. introduces Angela Bassett, who's an amazing writer and director as well as an actress. Um, Kathy Bates as well. Ooh, Everyone loves a bit of Bates. Kathy Bates. Can't not love Kathy Bates. <laughs> see, um, see um, Co- Coven's where I fell off. I fell off about halfway through the series. It was just like, well, that's for, not me, good. for me... Yeah, uh, for me that one was like I liked the setup and I liked the yeah. concept and it was doing really well and it was just like, oh, this is interesting. And Dropping then, like flies, these hosts. Yeah, don't worry, Kennedy, I'm still with you. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, it, it it just got to a point. I'm just like, how have you got four more episodes of this? This is it's dull. It's boring. Oh, great, you're resurrecting fucking high school kids. Oh, look at that. They're stitching them together like a modern fucking Frankenstein. Oh, look at that. Incestuous people murdering each other. Fucking great. Wonderful. Stop it. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Loved it. Um, <laughs> tough wank but I'll get through it well said <laughs> uh, Freak Show was setting a failing Freak Show it had an emphasis on highlighting how people kind of mistreat and dehumanise those who are different um, so that was an interesting take as well and it also featured the most horrific looking clown I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life twisty or oh, absolutely just awful god awful <laughs> Hotel as well I really enjoyed Hotel based on the real life Cecil Hotel in downtown LA you know? and this is where I got caught. Oh, we've lost oh, them. No. <laughs> halfway through hotel, I just drifted off. Then they got cow gunned. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one actually, so that one features Lady Gaga, and she won a Golden Globe for that for Best Actress in a TV I Role. I do like Lady Gaga as an actress. Gaga. She's yeah, really she's good. Mm. She's really good. Yeah, yeah she wasn't good. the problem. I think that just the, the plot just lost me for some reason, and I still intend to go back and see where it's got to, but yeah, carry on. So this is where it lost me. You're on your own so, now. Yeah, afraid so. So, as I said, I enjoyed every <sighs> single season, and I thought they were all solid. Obviously, you don't agree, but this is uh, this is what I have to say. Subjective, like I agree <laughs> want everybody. This is Candy's moment, so you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the next season, the sixth season, was called Roanoke, and they did Roanoke slightly differently. So there was a lot of hype around it because they didn't actually announce what the theme or the title was until it first aired. So the moment the show started that's when everyone found out what it was um and it just took an absolute nosedive because it was kind of presented in a slightly different way to all the other series so rather than just being a classic story it it presented itself um as a kind of reality tv series that didn't work um 
But that was just half of the, of the season. The second half was the original cast going... Play, so it was the cast playing the people going back to the original house and they then got affected by the actual ghosts and the cannibals and oh my god it was just it was just so awful to the point i literally thought that the directors were trolling us so let's it's nightmare on elm street the new nightmare then that's that's basically the plot of that for me it sounds like they're trying to do a black mirror but just really badly it what i can't even no it wasn't even quite that because it wasn't because Black Mirror is good. <laughs> yeah, but that's what Generally. I mean. Like, just, like they tried because because Not that was obviously good. like really successful and like yeah, but aren't they just they, they one... tried to copy it and it's just shit. Yeah, they're all anthologies. Black Mirror but... is like one episode. Yeah, though, isn't so it, is this story. American Horror Story. Mm. Each season's an anthology. That's it's still using the same thing, but taking a, little, a lot longer to do it. But that drop I that th- that just sounds like a, an hard pill to swallow after everything what people expect. That's in my opinion. Yeah, I think he just tried to do something different and it, it failed. And the acting as well, it was just un- um, uncharacteristic. It was just bad. Uncharacteristic. <laughs> Uncharacteristically bad um, for such a strong cast and such a seasoned cast as well. And um, I did, I suspect that because they lost a couple of the main players as well in the cast and that probably didn't help. Sometimes you don't need it to be clever. Some people don't want that. People get comfort in what they know. So instead of doing this row and oak thing, why don't they just do like, oh, aliens this time? Oh, do you know what I mean? So, like a, uh, I mean, Jessica Jessica Lang was seriously carrying the first few seasons yeah. of that. Like she, yeah. she, she was the, she was the heavy hitter that helped push everything forward. And when she kind of gave up and kind of like buggered off, like apparently the, the quality that's when it kind of started to nosedive for a lot of people. Do you know what I think? The thoughts just occurred to me. I think it would, they were probably trying to do more like a paranormal activity kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Rather than a, rather than a Black Mirror thing, I think that was uh, I think that was probably the case. But I've I've watched seasons since that, and it just Has hasn't captured the magic. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Um. So I I actually watched the two seasons after, and it was they were just dire as well. They took all the horror elements out, became political. Um. As certainly the following season it was called Cult. Um oh, was it like American Horror Story at the inauguration? Yeah, that was pretty much it to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, characters who was a huge um fan of one of the uh, leaders, shall we say, mm-hmm. actually took Cheetos and rubbed them into his face to mimic um Oh no. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not into that. No. Where's the horror? Well, maybe that truly is the horror. The, <laughs> maybe that, I'm the wrong. Is, maybe I'm wrong. That is ridiculous. Satire is dead. <laughs> yeah, satire is dead. It's when they try and be too fucking clever sometimes. Ugh. Yeah. Just lost it. And um, there's a spin off as well, um, American Horror Stories, and it's just come out on Disney Plus in the last couple of weeks. And I watched the two episodes, first two episodes of that. And if that's anything to go by, then ah, the original fucked. American Horror Story hasn't got any better. Kill it now. It's a shame. Shame. Really enjoyed it to begin with, and then just that immediate drop off. Wow. So I, I, I'd like to know if any of his listeners are into that show still and like swear by it, because as I stated earlier, I didn't even know there was a second season. I thought it was like that haunting of Bly Manor type thing oh, where you just get a, you just get one. There's a fucking. <laughs> there was a second season of that. <clears throat> that's oh, a brilliant. Really? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's one of my honourable mentions. That's, that's a good honourable mention, that one, because fuck me, yeah, that second my, series. My I'd see, see, this is what I mean. I don't, because obviously, as we all know, fingers are always firmly on the pulse. I just, Absolutely. I, didn't, I didn't know American Horror Story had a season two or anything like that. So it's about like, eight. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've realised this now, but that drop in quality mean, means that maybe earlier than what Candy said means that I probably hadn't heard of it because no one around me is talking about it. No. I mean, there was never a moment when when Breaking Bad was on that no one wasn't talking about it. Do you get what I'm saying? That's because mm. obviously I'm not, I'm not scouring the internet like a lot of you guys were like, I need information. It's a problem when you look at the impact of something like the American Horror Story when it first came out, that way that they did it, it was so well. Yeah, the, even I'd the, the actors, on to it. The plot, the production, it's so good. And I was gripped through that. And again, we all were gripped to a point up to whichever season we dropped off. But it, the formula was there mm. to deviate too much from that. And, and it's clear it's lost its way. I wonder if that's the problem with anthology series, that at some point there's just going to be one that you just don't like. Yep. But this is why I prefer, the, I prefer the episodic anthologies, Crypt Keeper, mm. Black Mirror, all them type of things, um, Twilight Zone, those things. Because it's just that one episode you've got to sit through, do you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than a full fucking ten. Because Americans love a long season, don't they? Oh, didn't they? Oh, calm down, America. Jesus. But yeah, that's a really that's a really good pick. And we'll move on to Biggie, because I'd love to know what his dropping quality is. So yeah, I've chosen M. Night Shyamalan. Oh. So he's been referred to many times throughout our pods, but um I just wanted to talk about the overall quality of his movies because he, he did have a couple of movies before Sixth Sense, but Sixth Sense was his breakthrough. Um, a very famous movie. I'm not going to talk about the movie too much itself, but it. I personally kind of guessed what was happening just before it was revealed. I was really enthralled with that movie. Really enjoyed it. Um, great performances generally all round. Um, he went from that to Unbreakable. Again, great superhero take. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I like Unbreakable. Yeah, um, works as a standalone movie. <coughs> it should have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, ignore the. He, he then followed it up with Signs, which it's one of my scariest films ever made. It changes every time I see Signs. One minute I didn't like it when I first saw it. I think and it's the incredibly time I scary. Saw it, I thought it was really good, and then third time I think I just go in and out of that movie. It's a strange one for it's me. Terrifying. But um, he kind of then this one started to divide. The audiences, I think. Um, we just talked about this briefly before we started, but um, I quite liked the period piece, The Village. I thought... I liked it too. It was entertaining. Yeah. I've only seen it, it once because was... I feel like you only need to. Yeah, it was weird. It had a great reveal, I thought, at the end. I really, Same. again, was drawn into the storytelling throughout that movie. I thought he did a great job, but a lot of people didn't like it. Um, and then that's kind of where he fell off. In again. Most people's opinions. He followed it up with Lady in the Water. <laughs> Gadget loves that one. Gadget loves that yeah, one. Yeah, Gadget covered that before, I believe. Um, and then moving on from that, we then had the happening. <laughs> the unhappening. It's the wind, run! <laughs> Which, the opening for that was fantastic. And then just, yeah. So that scene, Mike Wahlberg just stood there and he's like this confused look on his face where he, where he realizes that's that his the, normal look. That the wind is like the, the, the direction of the wind's changing and he's just like, ah! Like, just, <laughs> oh. Such a shite film. I'll spoil it for <laughs> you so you don't have to watch it. It was nature. 
clawing it back, <laughs> trying to get so back the earth. Bad. So bad. Oh, God, it's shite. And then he moved on to, I think, possibly one of the first things that wasn't by him. It was an adaption, wasn't it? Yeah. Of the, uh, I guess, is it the manga or the anime? I don't actually know which is first, but The Last Airbender. It's, Which is universally him. considered to be one of the worst films yeah, ever made. Yeah, it's shy. Mm. Yeah, but it's not his... He, he didn't write it, no, did he? he? Did no, 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 no. He, he, he adapted it he adapted from actually the an cartoon adaption, of the comic book. Is unusual for him, but yeah, again. I think someone offered him a lot of money to. And do I it. believe Airbender. I'm, I'm probably going to get corrected. I think it were a cartoon before it was a book. Oh, there you go. So, I think so. Um, I'm just looking on. According to Wikipedia, here it refers to it was the. It was an adaptation based on the first season of the animated TV show. Yeah, there you go. And then he pretty much finished it off with um, the film After Earth as well. I've never even heard um, of that. Was, was 20... that him, was it? Fucking hell. Yeah, Will Smith. Which 2013. <laughs> What's so... After Earth? What's that? Um, it's a well, science fiction film. It's um, Will Smith I haven't seen kid. it, but I've heard it. I've never even heard of it. About it. Oh, you, oh you, you need to watch someone like re- reviewing it because it, the film one doesn't make sense, two, it's shite. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's basically, it was Will Smith kind of pushing a vehicle for Jaden Smith to be in it, like a Hollywood actor. Will Smith's well, getting uh, a look yeah, in yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jade, Jaden Smith, who was in Karate Kid, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Karate Kid remake. And he was yeah. shit in that. Yeah, lot kind of act. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Does not have um, any of the charisma or talent of his dad. No. Or his mother, for that matter. Yeah, his no. mother's a good actor. He's not, not inherited yeah. any of their charm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what a shame. So then uh, we had a little spike with the found footage horror film, The Visit. I don't even know um, what that is either. God, that, I need to get yeah. out of the fucking house, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he I'm followed that up with another film that divided a lot of people, which was the uh, Split thriller. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. Which was obviously linked. Now I liked universe, that. I liked that. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't like it. But and the I performance thought... by James McAvoy is fantastic. Yes, yeah. but uh, but the tack on at the end. Was I didn't just want like, the tack on. I didn't fuck need that. Off. It was just yeah. him trying to get. But it worked because it got him back in the glass. Top people, yeah, people talking about him again. Oh, it's it's a it's a link to Unbreakable, and the way they make that link is the just Shyamalan verse. So, the the. the the thinnest of threads, like it's it's literally just like Bruce Will. <laughs> Some woman is sat in a diner and they're watching the story about what's happened on the news, and she turns around and says, "This is like that time from a few years ago with the train wreck with that, with, with that guy. What was his name?" And Bruce Willis turns around and goes, "John McLean." His name was Mr. Glass. And I'm like, it was nothing like that time at all. <laughs> no, nothing in this story involving James McAvoy kidnapping these girls and then yep. and then murdering them and, and doing this and having split personality is anything like Samuel Jackson's character. Well, where where did Samuel Jackson Not trying to cause all. earthquakes? He was tra- Samuel Jackson was like Natural causing disasters, disasters yeah. to try and yeah, find the one person like who it. could survive him. It was yeah. nothing like them, and and he's and he's just like it's just like that time. And I'm like, it is. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> and as mentioned, he followed it up with glass. Glass, oh, glass is, is awful, appalling. It's appalling. So you now have uh, just talk about those movies alone. So we're talking about Unbreakable, Glass, and the Split. Or oh, sorry, Split and then Glass. The, the the total budget of 34 million between them. They've combined box offices over $625 million. How? People are I mean, idiots. <laughs> people go out to watch them. But, Ugh. yeah, it's 
It's a shame that when you take you look back at his early films <clears> and <throat> the, the way that he can create tension, there's, yes, there's that expected twist, but he doesn't have to have a twist every time. But if you can stick to that brilliant storytelling and maybe find his way back, I don't know. But he promised so much and he was going to be this, you know, he was lauded as one of the greatest fresh directors of their he time. He was called an auteur. And it, yeah, it's not, it it's not just, everyone gets called that. No. But he didn't and, deserve it. <laughs> I did love his early movies. I thought they were great. Unbreakable, I adore that movie. Yeah, I think, that's such a, I think Unbreakable's brilliant. A different way to present the, an origin of a superhero. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I thought they Bruce did that Willis so and his kid well. in that, they're incredible together then. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant chemistry. Really, really good. <laughs> mm. And he pulled out that brilliant performance from Hayley Osmond. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the kid in six. Oh, he, he was, didn't age amazing. well, did he? No. <laughs> he's got the same hell. face, just a bigger head. <laughs> I think he's adorable. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? He just looks like a normal man in his mid-thirties. He looks haunted. Look at it again. He, look, he looks like he's got the same so you can face, see, you can see ghosts but his head's got really big. He can see ghosts. That's probably why he looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, he looked fine in um, in The Boys. Did he? Yeah. Yeah? Mm. Just looked like a slightly podgy man. Oh, no, it's nothing to do with his weight. It's his face is too small yeah. for his head. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's like when you go on computer games and you make a character, but you can move the head and you can you can change. It. <laughs> <laughs> they've, done, they've done it. They've done it too small. That is the perfect explanation for yeah, how he looks. He just now. needs and to I'm expand his face a little bit a more. Anyway, friend of the show, Hayley John. He does listen to this, and he'll It's nothing I wouldn't say to his face either. I'm not being a bitch. To his small face, Hayley. You know I love you, man. I love you. So. But um, apparently he did that movie that um candy watched recently old which i haven't seen so again i can't comment on that but candy already gave us her impression so i will check it out at some point but i just think there is an absolute immediate dropping quality it's like an overnight dropping quality after Mm. signs in Mm. my opinion yeah will he ever find that gold again i don't know no he's still got years ahead he's still young enough yeah he's 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 not exactly old Thing is, people keep giving him money, but he made the lady in the water. Anyone who made the lady in the water should never be given money to make a film again. So Do you know bad. I haven't seen the lady in the water? But it's one of the only times I've ever gone to the cinema with friends, and the man, the, the, the ticket master, said, "Don't." <laughs> <laughs> so I we went and watched something else, and I believe it's a gift that I've been given, and I will never watch it due to that fact. And I've never seen earnestness in a man's in a man's eyes. He was like, "Don't." <laughs> I'll, 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 send, I'll send you a video later, Oodles. Um, uh, from uh, uh, Fanboy Flicks did like a bad movie review of it, um, and just just watch it, just like watch Mark just like just try to try to understand the film, what's going on, and just yeah. be completely unable to. Is it, doesn't it just, doesn't it have like a really good cast as well? Paul Giamatti's in it. Wow, I love Giamatti as well. Yeah, but yeah, but Paul Giamatti takes on some dodgy projects from time to time. He's, he does. He, he's done he, for every good thing he does, he does two shite. He does like to pay the rent now it's and again. Jeffrey doesn't Wright it? in it. It's got wow. Bryce Dallas Howard in it. It's uh, M Night Shyamalan is himself because he's always in his films. He always appears for a split <laughs> Freddy second. Freddie Rodriguez oh, is yeah, in he it. He really shouldn't. Appear Jared Harris movie, is in it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That's a strong quite, cast. There's quite a few well-known actors <laughs> in, that, yeah. in this, and. Oh, I mean, you could be as the best actor in the world, but you can't make a good script. Work. Yeah, it's not always the actor's fault, is it? No. Wow, Egg, great pick, great dropping quality. I don't think many people are going to argue it. There are, I know, I know, there are like devout zealots of his that believe everything he touches it turns to gold. But you watched that last Airbender? Fucking hell! 
<laughs> I mean, the internet's still mad at him for that. Wow, the series is <laughs> so good. A decade later. The, the cartoon is so fucking good, and that, oh, no, no, no. Right. There's stuff coming out of the production of the, of the, of the new one because they're, they're redoing it. They're, they're oh. writing wrongs. And the, um, the, the, like the, the combat production that they've been releasing, like the martial artists like preparing, it looks really good. Mate, it's got, in, that, in that show, it's got some battles that are longer than Dragon Ball Z fights. <laughs> so get ready. But yeah, let's. Oh, and correctly, as Sticky pointed out, I could have used heroes for this as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. somebody else in the chat mentioned <laughs> this as well. Absolutely. Right, let's go to Stig. Okay, mine is something that happened uh, on various projects over the course of the mid 90s to the late 2000s. Mm. And I want to talk about Disney's direct to DVD slash VHS sequels. <laughs> Mate, this is huge. Yeah, yeah, this is huge. Because I, I, I used to feel like I was the only person, like, are you actually seeing what I'm seeing? This is shite. Like Lion yeah. King 2. What? Like, there's some the D- Disney classics, amazing classics like Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, to, you know, a lot of people love these. Uh, Pocahontas, uh, Hercules, Mulan, like just Hunchback. All, all these classics that did ridiculously well, score really well, made shitloads of money. Yeah, some won Oscars and, and everything. Yeah, and rather than making follow ups for them like they do now, so now you get <laughs> Frozen 2, you get Wreck It Ralph 2, like they actually put the money and the time yeah. into making these. They just churned out these absolutely terrible director VHS. Slash DVD, but usually with video. different voice actors as well. Mm. Yeah, so there's about forty of them. <laughs> oh, like, <wow. laughs> yeah, they've, they've, they've done it for all the films. Like, who wants to see the Fox and the Hound too? Oh, Fox and the Hound too. <laughs> I'll get onto that one. Oh, wow. actually, no, I'll get onto it now. So, Fox and the Hound one. I I quite like that when I was a kid. But all right. in in that film, film, they they act like normal animals, right? Yeah, they're talking, but like they are nothing out of the ordinary. Is there? It's no. two animals that form a friendship and nothing. You know, just it's it's like it's in the real world. In the sequel, this is actually not a sequel; it's a midquel. So it's actually a story within the first film. Interquel. Yeah, so yeah, they <laughs> still behave pretty much like animals, but in this film, Todd runs into a group of animals who are putting together a rock band. What? <laughs> Whoa! What, like with instruments? Yeah, like, at what point within (laughs) Fox and the Hounds 1 does that fit anywhere into that story? So then Todd, uh, like the the, the third act of Fox and the Hound 1, has actually lived with a rock band, and he has that in his memories during the the, the sad climax of Fox and the Hounds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bollocks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Utter bollocks. And they just churned out these. They're either, they're either prequels, they're sequels, or like whatever you call them. I call them a midquel, like something that sits in the middle. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's they just do them. And like, they did that so, Lion King 1.5, didn't they? Yeah, 1.5, which is like a story told from Timon and Pumbaa's It breaks the fourth wall. They talk to us and said, this is yeah. what we did. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and like some of them some of them aren't even proper sequels so they're no. given like oh this is Beauty and the Beast 2 but all it is is like just three random stories that Bell tells like the like the uh, you know the talking creep that, Lumiere the, yeah and all that lot or like they tell a story of oh how they saved Christmas and again it's a story within Beauty and the Beast but like you have a long you know, lineage of doing like a Christmas special film that's about 40 minutes long though haven't they 
Yeah, like Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. I've actually seen this one as well. Like, Because kids love this shit. Yeah, like, they do. They just, it's they, so they annoying. <laughs> and it isn't even, like, again, it's not a proper sequel. It is Gus and Jack, two of the little mm. mice. They just made up, tell these stories about yeah. Cinderella. And, like, that's it. At least, like, in the third Cinderella, like, one of the... Um, Isn't that, like, five Cinderellas or something like that? There's, I think there's, there's at least so three. To it. But the, uh, in that one, one of the evil uh, stepsisters um, steals the fairy godmother's wand and she changes time. So they actually have a proper story in there. A time it's heist. Not, it's not, like, the worst one out of the lot, but, like, Hercules, they just do... The teenage years, Pocahontas too. Let's send her to England. Oh yes, she goes to London. Like, yeah. <laughs> why? Why are we giving these? A Bambi too is set like after his mother gets shot, and like a few like and within that small little time frame between when his mother gets shot and when he kind of like meets new animals and when he gets creatures, older, it's set then. So you don't even get like all the original like cast and characters that you knew. He finds his mum in a tin of dog food. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like, and then he finds a rock band and joins them. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what ages him in the film. So like, you know, they are they are full length versions. They're just generally terrible quality, often with less talented actors, artists, and writers. And yeah, obviously they had like a fraction of the budget of the other ones. But you know, if if they put these out in the cinema, they would have got absolutely. Banned. I remember fact, they did. They put Return of Jafar. Out Jafar in yeah, exactly. Yeah, just mm-hmm. Return of Jafar did good cinema, and, and I felt fucking slated. robbed. I felt robbed as a kid. I didn't even pay, and I was well, like, the, oh. the, obviously, the greatest crime of that is that because Disney pissed off Robin Williams, that they cast Dan Castaneda as yes. the genie. Yes, and so he sounds Homer like Simpson. He's just putting Homer Simpson's voice on. He, do, he sounds so <laughs> different. Um, but I, I was, I've just looked up Return of Jafar because that's the one I remember the most because I remember my mother bought it for me and my brother on video because um, we loved Aladdin and um, I, th- I think me and my brother watched it we just went what was that? Yeah, mm. that wasn't very good <laughs> but it was made for a bud for five million dollars. That's all it cost to make. It's that's why the we animation could looks like it was ourselves. Do- <laughs> that's why the animation looks like it's been done by a teenager. Yeah, but if you remember, <laughs> they did an Aladdin show which weren't bad. Like a yeah, I quite like the Aladdin show. Yeah, actually. that weren't bad. That seemed to have a lot of decent budget. It weren't Robin Williams again, but someone were doing no, an impression. Well, they did get Robin Williams back for the third one. So yeah. there was another one, which is a bit better, but it's still it terrible. Better, yeah. but, isn't there 101 Dalmatians? Isn't there like 102 yes. Dalmatians? Yeah. yeah, 101 <laughs> Dalmatians 2, Patches, London Adventure. There's also 101 plus something Dalmatians yeah. as well. They've got you've got the likes uh, extremely goofy movie Hunchback of Notre Dame <laughs> two. There is Le- Leroy and Stitch. Leroy and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, hang on. I think that's a porno. I think that's a porno. No, it's a film, there's a sequel called Leroy and Stitch hey, where, another, Leroy. where another where um, another Razor's parody. You're thinking of Leroy and Snatch. Uh, yeah, another, <laughs> another alien comes down. That's called Leroy. Um, what the fuck, Disney? Yeah, I, when I looked, I was looking these up and I was like, okay, let's have a look at the um, Rotten Tomatoes scores. So, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, 13%. Bell's Magical World, 17%. Cinderella 2, 11%. Pocahontas 2, 29%. So, they're all just reviewed terribly. Uh, do you know what the worst part about this is, though? Mm. Collectively, they all made about $2 billion. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
It was it yeah. was it was the Walt Disney seal of quality that didn't really exist. <laughs> yeah, but you, I just don't get it. Like, if you wanted to do a sequel to something like The Lion King, which was huge, and like you know, like you said it, it's it's Mate, an amazing film. It was Shakespearean. Film. It was incredible. Yeah, why why not put the effort into making a proper sequel like they did like with the, Toy Story two? Yeah, well, that's well, Pixar. Toy, isn't Toy it? Story two. Wasn't Toy Story two supposed to be a direct video? That's incredible. Woman? Yes, it was. And, yeah. um, it was uh, Tom Hanks and um, Tim Allen. They said, "No, we won't do this unless you put it out in the cinemas." And look at them; they were right. It's the better one. <laughs> yeah, that's they were why. right. <laughs> yeah, not not because they would have the ego. Like they read the script, went, "The script is it's really, really good. good. You can't mm-hmm. just put this out on video." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, they do, like I said at the start, they are doing it now uh, for if they think they've got a good thing. I mean, obviously, Frozen Two is you're going to put that sequel out. I really you? like that's, Frozen Two as well. I it's think good. I think Frozen Two is better than the first. Yeah, personally. I think I, I think mm. I think I do actually, mate. Yeah, really good songs in there as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, what Pixar do now is they have all their little short stories, don't they? Oh, some of them are brilliant. There's loads with Buzz and Woody and stuff like yeah. that, and they're they're really entertaining shorts. They're really. Did you good. watch the Halloween the right one? Way to do it. The Toy Story Halloween ones. It's brilliant. Yeah. 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 They're very good. But yeah, these they, they've stopped doing these now. I think the last one they did was 2008. Um. So yeah, they've just completely good. Stop doing. I mean, you even did a buddy sequel to Atlantis. What? Do you know, no, know what I mean? I remember what happens yeah. at the end of that. <laughs> no, they, 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 they also did a sequel to The Emperor's New Groove. Kronk's oh, Kronk's New, New Groove. Groove. Honestly, <laughs> I yeah. fucking Which, love The Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove is amazing. It's one of my favourite Disney classics. Yeah. And right. Kronk is an amazing character. When they were, oh, going to do a, Kronk, a sequel of Kronk's New Groove, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I watched it, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> It's got it's so percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's wow. terrible. So yeah, uh, immediate drop off in quality. All the direct Disney video, sequels. Uh, Disney sequels. <laughs> no, that is solid, mate. I love it. Totally agree. Excellent. So I'm going to go on to the next one. Uh, the mid '90s were a simpler time, weren't they, guys? Boy bands were dominating the airwaves. Curtains. Well, we're bringing those back, aren't we? Well, you are. Frosted <laughs> tips. And Will Smith. Can you do frosted tips and curtains? I'm doing it now, baby. And Will Smith could do no wrong. He really could. Oh, he t- he's done plenty of wrong. Fresh off the monster success of Independence Day. Now, let me remind you, critics did not like Independence Day, but everyone else no. did. Everyone else. I mean, did. To, I, I mean, to be fair, when you break down Independence, it's Day, terrible. It's not a very good film. Terrible. <laughs> but it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun, but it's jingoistic bollocks. <laughs> Something special came. So the former Fresh Prince. Don the black suit and dark sunglasses to star alongside Tommy Lee Jones as a pair of ultra secretive extraterrestrial police. Yes, I'm talking about the Men in Black. Now, Men in Black is one yeah. of the finest fucking films from that <laughs> era that you can. It is incredible. It, can one anyone hear it? Um, comic book adaptations. It's one of the best comic book adaptations because it changes the source material and makes it better. Yes, because it's so good. It's a, it's it's one of the best films of the nineties. I I think it is literally top five nineties like family comedies. It's not. No, like, I just mean films in general. Yeah, I just think it's 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 there. It's there great. is not a bad frame in that film. Like everything. It's not wasted at all, is it? There's, oh no, there's not it's, a wasted. It's thing. short. It's snappy. The dialogue yeah. works. The uh, the relationship between the characters. Vincent D'Onofrio is the bad guy. Oh He's god, fucking incredible. Perfect. Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> Like the, I just like, add something to that. Wasn't it 
a mess to begin with, the, the movie, took, didn't they have Yeah, to, there were a lot of edits and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, we're saving the They actually edits. got that fantastic oh, it's um, movie so at the end of it. good. And yeah. it got a 92 meta score, which even critics loved it. Which yeah. no one can argue. Men in Black's incredible. It holds up today. I think it does anyway. And a, and a banging tune. Oh, yeah. That soundtrack <laughs> won multiple awards and was number one for weeks. And still, you put Men in Black on now at a party, people are up and bopping. As soon as you get that boom, boom, oh, boom yeah. from the bass at the beginning. Yeah. It's so good. And it's just that, that, that there was such a, a defining charisma between, uh, between Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones playing. Because he is actually a funny man in real life, really funny yeah. man, but he's playing so deadpan, professional. And Will Smith's like che- yeah. chipping away at his, his exterior. And oh, God, he's just such a good double act. He plays the perfect foil to Tommy Lee Jones' straight man. Yeah. It, it's, it's the perfect combination of them. And then something happened, unfortunately. A few the Green Letter sequel. A few years later, a sequel came. Five years, actually. Um. We, we had additions. Rosario Dawson, incredible. Rip Tarn, incredible. Lyra Flynn Boyle, okay. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, huh, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it provided that little extra star power. It couldn't fail. It couldn't possibly fail. Well, he got a 49 meta score. Men in Black 2. I mean, it wasn't good. <laughs> Men in Black 2. I had to rewatch this today because I, poor bugger. in my mind, I thought he were good. No. No, Ooh. no, no. This... I don't remember much about it. Exactly. So, the plot is, Kay, played by Tommy Lee Jones, retired, didn't he, at the end of the first one. Spoiler alert, but you should have watched it because it's incredible. Um, there's only one way we could get this sequel. We've got to get him back out of retirement and start it again. But this time, the roles are reversed. Now, Will Smith's the straight man and Kay's the weird. Do you know what I mean? The, oh, God, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't aged at all. And then something else happened. <laughs> years and years later, Men in Black 3 came out. Believe it or not, a 68 meta score. Critics like this more than the second it is one. Better than the sec- it is better than the second I one. I didn't mind it, you know. I thought it was all right. I think, that's, I think that's mostly Josh Brolin saving that one. Josh Brolin oh, yeah, absolutely saved it. He's the best thing about this. Uh, you've even got, um, what's Flight of the Concords guy is the baddie? What's his name? Um, Jermaine Clements. Jermaine Clements, yeah. He's he's quite good chewing up scenery and stuff. Will Smith is quite um, oh. subdued in this. He's quite dull. Yeah, he's. Uh, I I think it's still shit. But how do you top that? How do you make that dropping quality <laughs> even worse? Oh, you drop oh. it with a thirty-eight meta score. Men in Black International. I have spoken about this film on this <laughs> podcast. Not. It, 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 you were heartbroken, weren't you? I was distraught. So, Tessa Thompson, impeccable. Chris Hemsworth, the most beautiful man on planet Earth. They, they have... they have Second. Wait, sorry, sorry, Biggie. <laughs> they have worked together in one of my favourite films of all time, Thor Ragnarok, and they were incredible together. Then this happened. Oh, oh my God. How do you make Chris Hemsworth not likeable? <laughs> How do you make Tessa I- Thompson not likeable? I have got no idea how the chemistry just didn't work in this because everything was set out to be perfect and it just... You're, like, you're even doing just... the same accents they did in Thor. <laughs> <laughs> but they're both great as well. Oh. They're both funny and it's just completely... It's got just Liam nothing. Neeson in it. 
I mean, that's not usually a sign of quality these days. No, but he's he's he's. You've seen Taken Three. Yeah, but he's really good at comedy, Liam Neeson. He doesn't. You don't understand that he is. Have you seen him in Ted? He's brilliant in Ted. True. <laughs> he's really good. But yeah, oh my god, never before have I seen such a fall from grace and a drop in quality. Like some would argue, and this this whole thing, I think it was Stig's idea. This topic, you could argue, this is a steady decline. I don't think so. I think. A massive. Oh no! It fell off a cliff. After I think it's a massive hours. drop from the first right. one, the and then, shit. and then, then a kind of a rise again. Oh, you can enjoy the third one. Yeah, we, we can enjoy this. We can like we like this. This exists, and then boom, plummet straight back down to earth. <laughs> many it's black, like falling down a set of stairs, isn't it? Oh, many black international is one of the. I, weren't I buzzing when this trailer? I was like, oh, this is going to be incredible. Yeah. I was so happy for it, and then, oh God. And I think that's probably killed it now, hasn't it? Yeah, he's dead. Mm. Well, it's yeah, it's 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 a sequel that didn't need to exist. It was only made because someone had the license and didn't want it to lapse. Yeah, like, I mean, you it, could do a really good Men in Black film yeah. now. Like when they when they said we're going to do Men in Black, it's got Chris Hemsworth, and Tessa Thompson. Great, like that that could be really great. And then there was rumours that they were going to because it's Twenty One Jump Street. They were going to link it with Twenty One Jump Street and have yeah. like a crossover. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I have no interest in even seeing international now. No, I'm I'm not kidding you. Like even even like Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, they joke about how bad it is. They know. I mean, saying that Chris Hemsworth knows how bad the Ghostbusters one was as well. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> he was, he was literally paid to be pretty. He was the best thing in it. He was by yeah. far the best thing in it. And he is unfortunately in international. He is probably the worst thing in it. Which just it flaws me because he's like one of my my man crushers. You know what I mean? It's like I, I could stare at him all day, but. When he's so bad at acting in that, it's like, it's like the lines to give it. They try to give him like a James Bond edge to him, and it's just not good when you're James Bond, but he's still being clumsy, like clumsy Thor. Do you know when Thor gets clumsy? Oh, Thor, oh look at me, I'm in a cage. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, who who direct, who directed Men in Black International? I don't know. Oh, it were a war F, crime. F Gary Gray. Yeah, well, oh, he's terrible. Well, he, need, um, he needs to stand so- trial. So, so the, th- the the thing is, the reason why um, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson work so well in Thor Ragnarok is they had Taika Waititi directing. That's what it is. And he's isn't an incredible it? director. Yeah. Um, F. Gary Gray is not a good director. What has he done? Um, the Men remake of the Italian Job. Wow! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! That's so bad. Oh, do you know um, what? Actually, he's done some he did, good he, ones. He did, he did. He did do Friday. He's done. He did Friday. Fast and Furious Eight. Oh, F8's not. incredible. No, it's not. It is. <laughs> so you agree. It really isn't. But I like them all. <laughs> did the negotiator, which is good. Yeah. And straight yeah, he also did. He also, he also did Law Abiding Citizen, which wasn't good. I mean, guys. Well, Law Abiding Citizen. Whatever he's done in the I past. Like no, it's Whatever good. he's done in the past, he did Men in Black International. Now, <laughs> just everything about it is shite. It's just, it's, oh God, it's so bad. I just, I kind of want people to watch it to just, I, I, I've discussed this film about four times on four different episodes. It broke my heart <laughs> because Men in Black. Oh, he's he's, so... he's 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 directing a remake of Mask. What, as in Jim Ooh. Carrey? No, no, as in Mobile Armored Strike Command. Oh right! Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow! I even thought Mask. Everyone needed that. No, that were a good show. That were a good show. <laughs> but wow, it's just it's just a, such a fall, such a decline, like. I had to remind myself, like like Biggie said, he can't even remember if Men in Black Two was good. He can't remember it, can you? But it weren't. It weren't. It really isn't. There's like yeah, two men, good bits men in, in it. 
Men in Black 2, I think, must have had production problems or something because it like ends so suddenly. Yes. I like, I watched that today and I was like, it's, it's, oh. a, it's almost like it, it's almost like it's a two act film that, that it doesn't seem to follow like a three act structure or anything like that. And it just kind of you just kind of get to the end and it stops. Yes. It's, just, it's really short as well. It's it, like 87 minutes or something. It feels to me like it's it was like additional scenes that they just turned into a film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, and, and they didn't need to have Johnny Knoxville in it. He's not a good actor. Yeah, he's not. He's, it's, he's, it's, no, it's, but it's, he was just popular it, at the time, wasn't he? That's why. Yeah, it was because Jackass was a thing. Fine, chuck, chuck him out of a flying a flying object. Yeah. Great. Hurt him. Fantastic. Yeah, he's got the charisma for that show. But, but no, nobody else has got any movies? brain cells, that's why. Yeah, yeah, what do you need in movies from him? Uh, yeah, yeah he that. did Dukes of Hazzard and stuff, didn't he? He had a little yep. run with, like... And he did that. Oh, he did that really problematic film. That um, oh yeah, that that um, Paralympics one. Remember that one? Oh god, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. been that's been destroyed from the annals of Hollywood because that is <laughs> very po- the Ringer. The Ringer. That's it. Don't watch yeah. the Ringer. Whoo, that's problematic. <laughs> Nearly as bad as Tiptoes. <laughs> Tell you what, though, just regard, just talk about Minute Black Two. I do like nod your head. It's the follow-up single that came with it. Yeah, so the song's good. The song's song, part of the film. The song yeah, that the came s- out of it is really good. Great. The song is great. And the opening to Men in Black 2 is strong. Uh, like, it's um, Kay and I think it's um, Patrick Warburton as his uh, partner. You know who plays Joe Swanson in... Uh, yeah, or Cronk. Or Cronk, yeah. It's them. And, and I thought, oh, it's going to be about these two. No. <laughs> no. no, no. Actually, that would have worked. It would have Patrick worked. Patrick a very funny man. He yeah. plays the straight man very well. It would have worked perfectly. But now they had to get Kay out of retirement. Um, do, 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 do you know what I don't like about the, the, the main thing I don't like about Men in Black Two? It's cruel. It's a very cruel and and kind of evil film. Like Kay is really happy in his real life being a postmaster, and the woman um, Rosario Dawson, her life gets ruined and. Everyone's really happy until Will Smith turns up. (laughs) (laughs) Like real life, really? No, it's not, because Will Smith's so lovable, isn't he? He's a nice bloke, by by all accounts. And it's just, it's just, I think it's a really, it's just got, it gives you a bad aftertaste. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad Men in Black Three were a little bit better, but international exists, and it just, for me, it tarnishes the whole thing. There's only one Men in Black film. Yeah, there is only one Men in Black film. It says how bad it was that the sequel. Was that bad that I think it took them ten years before they yeah. even looked at doing another one? Yeah, so. it's it's such it's such a bad. There's so many bad jokes. Men in Black Two. There's Michael Jackson jokes in it and stuff like that, and they aren't aged. Oh, they have not aged. And just, <laughs> just uh, and the, the first one is just timeless. It's it. Oh. If you've never watched Men in Black, watch that and then stop. Same with The Matrix. <laughs> but yeah, that's my drop in quality. So I think we've only got you left, Gadget. Yeah, so um, cast your cast your mind back to 1997. You're a nerd. You're a PC gamer. Yeah, I'm getting ready for Men in Black to come out. <laughs> yeah, you, you've, you, you, you've, <laughs> been see, you've been out to see Men in Black. You you come home. You've you've picked a PC gamer on the on the way back. <laughs> it's the e it's the E3 issue, and you, you're very excited to see what's been announced. And you scan through the pages, and you see a sequel's been announced to your favorite game of 1996. And you look as 3D Realms announced Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, that should be out very soon, then. Very soon. <laughs> that won't take long to come out at all. No, no, definitely not 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a child. 
So, um, Duke Nukem 3D is incredible. Hands down, one of the best game, one of the best first-person shooters ever made. It's brilliant. It revolutionised the idea of 3D first-person shooters at a time when you know the technology was evolving so rapidly. I mean, two years before that, you had Doom, which was you know it wasn't 3D, but you're on kind of a vertical plane. Like, yeah, Duke Nukem Forever gave you verticality. It kind of almost invented mouse look and it Shake gave you like, it, full, baby. full 3D environments as opposed to the kind of the kind of parallax 2D trickery that uh, I remember Doom first was playing uh, Duke Nukem 3D and it threw me off that I could look up and down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like what the fuck? I didn't know yeah, what to do. Yeah, it, it, it confused so many player testers that they actually had mouse look off by default. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is in the sky? Yeah. Um, but it was an absolute classic, and it sold by the truckload, generated its own controversy because, you know, it was violent and bloody, and there were tits in it. And Give me a Jack and Coke any day. Yeah, Duke Nukem himself. Misogynist stole, extreme. Massive misogynist, stole voice lines from established actors because... You know, hail to the king, baby. That's Ash from Evil Dead. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just ripped off things like people were like trying to sue 3D Realms, but it kept selling. Yeah, it did. So so, na- so naturally the publisher were going to go, well, we want another one. And 3D Realms were going, well, we like money, so let's make another one. So, they, so um, yeah, they announced in, two th- in uh, 1997 that Duke Nukem Forever would be the next game. Um, and... <laughs> it took a long time to come out. It took forever to come out, in fact. Um, it was directed by George Broussard, who's become a little bit of a joke in the video games industry because he um, he was the one that came up with the, well, quite famously quoted in 2001 saying, it'll be ready when it's ready. <laughs> and it took another 10 years to come out after that. There's been spin-offs in between it, though, hadn't there? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, there was, there, was, there was the Manhattan Project. And... Land, of the, Land of the Babes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time to kill. <laughs> Yeah. So the the problem with Duke Nukem is Duke Nukem is like what a nineties geek thinks a cool guy is. Like he's he's supposed to be like um like you know riffing on like you know how Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the eighties. Yeah, John Matrix. That, you know, like, yeah, like yeah, he's basically John Matrix with a fucking buzz cut, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, bleach blonde. But they take all the all the the quotes are all from like action films, like from yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like yeah. It's it's it's, like it's, it's, pa- it's pastiche and a lot of things, but it's not doing it with any kind of it's just doing it with affection for the source material, but with no kind of greater commentary or anything like that, because they were kids when they made it. You know, they were all in their 20s when they when they put that game out. Yeah. Um, Duke Nukem Forever went through one of the most horrible and protracted development cycles of any video game ever made, given that it took 15 years to make. It went through five or six game engines, 3D Realms was downsized, then it was... They hired people, and then the company was bought, and then it was sold. <laughs> it took it took of all people, of all people, the grease meister himself, Randy Pitchford, to get this Randy game. Randy Pitchford, <laughs> when Gearbox acquired the rights to Duke Nukem, <laughs> and like Randy Pitchford himself making a joke of this, going on stage at like um, developer conferences, going, "Look at me, I'm an idiot. I bought Duke Nukem," you know, and, and stuff like that. The game dropped in 2011, and it was definitely a game made in 1997. I bought it day one. I was so <laughs> ready for idiot. it. I was so ready for it. <laughs> the problem with a game like this, which is reliant on pop culture references and it is. kind of nerd fandom and stuff like that, is if you write those pop culture references in 1999... 
They're not going to make much sense in 2011. Nope. And the, ga- the game, um, the game was immediately set after the uh, the 3D as well. So the, the jokes were like, "I'm going to party like it's 1999." That kind of stuff. So yeah. bad. And I mean, the 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 plot makes no fucking sense because it's been written so many times. Yeah. Um. In in the plot, I'm just going to read like the first paragraph of the, of the Wikipedia for the plot because you just need. There is a plot. Twelve years, twelve years after he saved the Earth from an alien invasion, Duke Nukem is a worldwide icon and has achieved great fame from his heroic deeds, becoming a successful businessman and celebrity multimillionaire. After sampling a video game based on his past heroics, the game Duke plays is a revamped version of the final level of the third episode of Duke 3D. He arrived on the set of a talk show for an interview. On his way to the show, Duke witnesses news broadcast announced that aliens have once again invaded. Unlike previous encounters, the aliens initially appear peaceful and at first seem to pose no harm to the humans of Earth, which we all know is a fucking lie. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they just start killing everybody. Um, the game's mechanics would have been fine in, like, 2002. Like, the level design is shit. The game handles like a bag of spanners on no matter what you're playing it on. It's so rampantly sexist and awful. The first thing that you see when you get out of the tutorial level is Duke look look down as two twins kind of come up from a simulated blowjob in front of him. And they're written so creepily, like this kind of weird, vacant, almost childlike voice that they both have. Speaking in unison as well, which, I mean, twins speaking in unison. I've seen The Shining. No, I don't want it. Come and play with us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it it infantilizes the idea of an action hero, but it also kind of like reduces women to props. You know, they're coming to take our babes again. You know, it's like that kind of shit. It's like <laughs> fuck off, Duke Nukem. You are a relic of the nineties. You don't work in the twenty first century. <laughs> fuck off. Because <laughs> aliens are going to make all that effort to come over here to steal the babes. They even took. <laughs> the babes. I, I watched a documentary on it uh, a few years back. They even took lines out like "Get on your knees." They took them out. They took them yeah. out, and it's still that bad. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. Like there's bits where like you're controlling him pissing and stuff and writing his name, and it's just so like it's for like it's 13, so yeah, it's for thirteen year olds. Yeah, that, but that's what I mean. It's like Duke Nukem 3D worked because it was what teenagers thought a cool guy was like. The problem is those teenagers never grew up. They just kept making yeah. the next game, and <laughs> and it became this. Horrible monstrosity. I mean, it, I'm not even talking about like the, the. I mean, the graphics look shite. It looks like gameplay game. wank. Yeah, it it doesn't handle well. They do stuff like RC car missions. Who fucking releases a game with RC car missions in 2011? Rockstar. Yeah, true. <laughs> but still, <laughs> it was just it. It's one of the biggest turkeys ever in video gaming. And given that the game that immediately preceded it, I know this is a 15-year development cycle, but the game that immediately preceded it is a classic. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest of all times and one of the most influential games ever. Like, it pushed PC gaming further forward than Doom pushed it, you know? Um, like, that came out and Quake came out shortly afterwards. And those two games, like, you know, like, it was after that people went, like, went in really hard on, like, video accelerator cards and 3D graphics. And, and you know, they both helped push the medium forward. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, this is, the, this is a genuine thing. This is a thing grown-ups can do, you know? Because cause, cause, cause remember, up to the mid-90s, gaming was still seen as like a kid's thing. Like, Oh, you know, yeah. A Mega Drive was a toy. A, Sa- a Nintendo was a toy. Still are. Like, no, this is like, <laughs> this is serious shit now. You know, like, 
these are eighteen rated games for adults that challenge adults could like adult themes. Mm. I think there was going to be a Duke Nukem movie at one there point. There was, I swear, there was. Yeah. yeah, it's because of Duke Nukem Forever. Dolph Lundgren was Dolph Lundgren, in the yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, because, because imagine him doing the Duke voice. Uh, you, you, you might know this already, Gadget, but because of Duke Nukem Forever, that's why the spin-offs were all third person because they weren't allowing them to do another like three D yeah. FPS. They were like, no, you can't because. Yeah. That's going to be the next one, and like time to kill and so. Can you remember them games? They were awful. They were proper awful. Uh, Tommy, I mean, time to kill was all right. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. Land of the Babes was offensive to everybody with eyes. <laughs> Manhattan Project was one all of the right. Worst looking games I've ever played. That was the two D one, wasn't um, it? No, no, it was the um, kind of third person behind behind him action adventure one, Land of the Babes. No, no, yeah. the Manhattan Project. That was the two D one. Oh, Manhattan Project. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a two D one. That wasn't terrible. Um, the weird thing is, though, they released some DLC for it called The Doctor Who Cloned Me. What? Um, yeah, and that was developed after it came out. It's actually not bad, because it's written by people in 2012. Sure, I didn't <laughs> even know that. Like, it's actually competently written. It's still a bit chunky and a little bit shit, but it's, like, acceptable. It's like a 7 out of 10. They put him, they, they put him, <laughs> in, um, they put him in Bullet Storm as well, didn't they? Like, the full campaign of Bullet Storm. Yeah... So they're, yeah. they're all saying that's kind of a sequel to it, like a, a like a spiritual sequel because Bullet Storm's a bit daft, isn't it? That, yeah, yeah, but Bullet Storm's it's not misogynist evolved. either, is it? No, it's just evolved. The gameplay brought in new mechanics and is actually yeah. a game of its time. Yeah. Duke Nukem is just a relic. Yeah. Duke Nukem will so be it's, forever it's, just be cameos from now on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's keeping John saying John's rent paid. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been voicing that character imagine for 20 though, years. Imagine, though, like, yeah, yeah, E3's back. Everyone's allowed back in, and it's a proper E3. And then the title comes up, and it's Duke Nukem, but it's like God of War, the remake. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, like and it's like, reimagining oh, of Duke I like old, old Man Logan, and it's Duke Nukem going, what was I doing? Oh, my God. You know, all that. Like, <laughs> and he's going around apologising, sorry. and <laughs> it, was, it was so good. I'd buy that. Yeah. Yeah, before I finish talking about Duke Nukem, um, I just want to say like, the last bit of the plot uh, synopsis on Wikipedia, because it's like the last paragraph you need to hear. It. It's fucking incredible. The game ends with a satellite surveying the, the nuclear detonation area because a nuke goes off at the end of the game and listing Duke Nukem as killed in action, to which Duke replies off screen, what kind of shit ending is that? I ain't dead. I'm coming back for more. In a post credit scene, a short video depicts a press conference where Duke announces his intent to run to be the 69th president of the United States. 69. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's just like, fuck's sake. Like, it, why does it have to be so juvenile? He could be such a cool cartoony hero. Like, Postal's hero. Postal guy is a better hero than Duke Nukem. <laughs> and that's a guy that's fucking using cats as silences. That, that had a dropping quality as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you should see Postal 4. It's fucking wild. Um... Yeah, just, oh, why Duke Nukem? Why like Duke Nukem was always going to be juvenile when it came like for, Duke Nukem Forever was always going to be juvenile when it came out. Like it was never going to be like the fucking Last of Us, you know. It's never going to be I high drama like or anything. Three like D was tongue in cheek though. I it, it weren't earnest. It was daft. It was deliberately daft. Yeah, yeah it was parodying action yeah. films. It was just like the, the, like the the developers wanted to make an action film kind of game. It's like, well, why don't we put in this from Commander or this and from They the Live and stuff and like kind of, that. Yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff, and it worked as that. Whereas Duke Nukem Forever, over the kind of course of its development, lost that, and it tried to be an earnest sequel to Duke Nukem, while retaining the stuff that people <laughs> talked about most about Duke Nukem 3D, but not what it, not the intent of it. Like, it doesn't have any of the parody. It doesn't have any of the kind of half-assed commentary. It's just the puerile shit because that's what 3D Realms or George Brassard thought people wanted. Yeah, it's just like no 
know, just fucking parody shit. Make it funny. Bring back <laughs> Duke. <laughs> yeah, don't make it puerile for the sake of it. Because that's what it is. Yeah. It's like, that- it's like because it was regarded as like a video game nasty, you know, it's like, oh, the kids are going to be cop- oh, yeah, like, it, it, corrupted it, it, by it. It was this. in the same leagues as like Night Trap and Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, it, it was like, you know, grown up games the kids were playing. It's, it's like, because of games that, that people are shooting up schools. No, it's not. <laughs> it was because of Marilyn Manson. No, it's not even that. It's because you're letting them get guns. <laughs> but enough of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it. Yeah, they just released a puerile game that wasn't actually that good to a game to play, or well made, or functional, or crash resistant. Yeah, I, I I remember immediately getting a refund like a week later, but I did complete it because it wasn't long either, was it? It was about six hours long. Yeah, I remember completing I it. Got, I, I got it in a humble bundle. I got really drunk and played it. Oh, so years and years later. Years and years <laughs> later. It was like mor- morbid curiosity and like four bottles oh, of shy. beer. it's shy. <laughs> it's shy. De- it, you definitely need like a baseline drunkenness to play it. Yeah, on. definitely. Anyway, speaking of puerile shit, I believe, Gadget, you've got a, um, a, a sack full of it right there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Robotic Monkey is going to start us off with Halo. Once Bungie decided they want to move from the good ship Halo, the franchise has never been the same. Halo 4 was a dazzling example of how to take a franchise and demonstrate that cutting and pasting does not make for a good sequel. It was hot garbage. A story that is, your AI has gone space crazy and now it's time for you to go and push a space gorilla into a giant swirling hole in the ground. I didn't even play Halo 5. There was a slick ad campaign where the Master Chief was the baddie. Turned out that was a bait switch. I've only played Halo 1, 2 and 3 and I like them a lot. Yep, same. Yeah, Re- Reach is also excellent. Me, so yeah, I might, I might try Reach, and yeah, I, I've heard, I've heard Reach is really good. But yeah, I remember like people saying, "Ah, oh, don't bother, don't bother with four, don't bother with five. I think, uh, I mean, I think Robotic Monkeys kind of hit on it. it. It's a cut and paste job. It's like three, four, three. Yeah, they can make a functional game. Yeah, but they don't have what Bungie had. Like they don't have that spirit of Halo. With For them. me, by the time like four and five, I don't know if it's, it's, it adds up, but. I, Destiny were alive. You know what I mean. I was, I was yeah. all about that. Oh well, yeah. Destiny, Destiny was out when yeah. Halo, uh, when Halo Five came. It out. just hit better. It, the, the, the controls were better. Like I'm not a big FPS player, but when the controls are bang on and the shooting feels bang on, I'm there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And speaking yeah. of which, Halo Infinite had a fucking bad dropping quality. Well, we're, <laughs> we're yet to find out. <laughs> I will not. I will not have a word said against Craig. Craig, yeah, <laughs> friend of the show, Craig. <laughs> we'll get him on one day. Oh God! Imagine, imagine if that if that drops in December and it's utter shite. It won't be. Oh. They put so much into it. It's going to be great. It's going to be a, that, a that, great three hours. Really, that, that literally that bit with Craig is it's it's a minuscule seconds, isn't it? It's like bam, moved on. Yeah. But yet the yeah. internet is just like just going <laughs> to pause it there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's because it YouTube lets so YouTube lets yeah. you like slow things down, and they just they just frame everything. They go, oh, they do it with Spider-Man trailers and stuff like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Uh, look at Craig, oh Craig, <laughs> oh, Craig. Craig. Any, any anyone who's not been like in internet culture in the last year is going to have no fucking clue oh, what we're talking. Just about Google Halo Craig. He is gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. He is absolutely a classic lad. Gorgeous. Chris Hemsworth of games. He is basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just to go back to Halo, I think actually it dropped off for me after the first one. Wow. I thought the, the first one was fun and a little bit, there was a little bit of humour and that that kind of Halo Two was my favourite. Didn't do it for me. First one, Have great. Have you Second, played the Master Chief Collection yet? No. 
if you do check out Halo One and you can flick between the original oh, can you? and the updated graphics, it's oh, really impressive. I don't think I've got the storage yeah. space to have the Master Chief Collection on my Xbox. It's probably about it shows you how much it's gone into the remaster. 122 gig. Nope. <laughs> it's not happening. Sat, sat on my PC <laughs> and I've just like never played it. Just like, I'll just I've just downloaded it because one day I might. Hey, Halo One, Two, and Three <laughs> are classics. I fucking adore yeah. them. I, I would still encourage you to play Reach. Reach is I really will. Good. I will do. Very very different game. You, you you don't play the same as the Master Chief. Are you not John? Very very good. Oh. No, classic as a spin off more than anything though, isn't it? John than... Halo. You, uh, yeah, no, Noble Squad. Oh wow, Noble Squad. You just a load of other spawns. It's a prequel to the first game. I'm into it already. Give it a reach around. Hey! Oh! <laughs> it's got jetpacks in it. I do like a jetpack. Big fan. Anyway, move, moving on. Uh, Super Natty Cat has said, what about the anime Bleach? <gasps> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, so good, and then it crumbles to shit after the sixth season. Oodles, this is a you. No, she's absolutely spot on the money. It just absolutely went... <laughs> It just it just died on its ass. Bleach starts so fucking strong. Oh, just watch the. F- in my opinion, first four seasons, I'm 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 in I'm in. Boom. Uh, Futile exercise said we had the OG Mortal Kombat film. While not great, it wasn't bad. But then we had Annihilation. I'm gonna argue with this because <laughs> the first one was shit. No, Al Annihilation is significantly worse than the first one. Mm, yeah. The drop off uh, is really the drop off's steep. It's very steep. <laughs> like where they where they where they cut his hair, James Remar's hair, and, and it, they don't explain. It's like nice haircuts. Like I know. <laughs> isn't that isn't that like even makes it even worse that the first one isn't actually that good, but the second one is so bad. Like that is that is a <laughs> legendarily bad, bad. Yeah, that is a drop off and a half. If you go from a okay film to that, they have like fifteen minutes and they're in the they're in them spheres under the ground, aren't they? <laughs> Doing that, little... <laughs> it's so fucking weird. And and that new Mortal Kombat, I kind of enjoyed that. Nah. What, what was what was the, the, the did like a tried to do like a CGI? Was it Lizard or Smoke in um, Annihilation? And it just looked atrocious. I think Lizard yeah, I mean, was in the, the animate well. the animalities oh, at the end. Oh, oh and he's the God. dragon, <laughs> the dragon versus Shao Kahn's like <laughs> dragon or whatever the it turns into. Was created oh. in six days, so too shall it be destroyed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shite. Uh, John Cheatham has said, what about The Mummy? The 1999 original is a classic adventure film, endlessly enjoyable and quotable. The first sequel is a plodding retread with a dodgy CGI Dwayne Johnson, yep. and the third yeah. film is a complete load of old arse. I've only seen yeah. Mummy 1. That's fine. That's all you need. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you're lucky. The, the, I'm really only lucky with film. these things, mate. I usually just... I'll, I just stop. when it, I don't know what it is. I just stop. I'm like, I enjoyed that. I'm done. How is the how is the Scorpion King so bad? Like it's even still the going, first film, it? even the first film has better <laughs> CGI. Scorpion King spin-offs. Yeah, he has better CGI in the first film than when they, what the what they used for that sequel. I think they said it was rushed, wasn't that they? they had to rush to meet the deadline because it was just it was just so bad that I thought that was the third one though. The Scorpion, I have no King. idea. No, Scorpion no, King's the second one. one. They did one in Curse China, the, didn't they? Yeah, Chinese one. Like, they did a mummy that wasn't actually in Egypt, didn't they? Yeah. Wow. Uh, John Shepard has said Heroes is arguably the most egregious offender. Season 2 was oh, a Oh, we've had it. <laughs> we've had this oh, out. We discussed that in detail last week. Uh, Dominic Skelton said, uh, for a recent one, maybe Riverdale? That first season was a real, this shouldn't work, but it fucking does. But the plot started getting really pretty damn silly in season 2. I want to talk about Riverdale for a split second, so uh, 
my significant other watches Riverdale religiously, and I was watching an episode with her today. And apparently, so Riverdale's based on Archie comics, which is a Marvel mm-hmm. property. So Archie's met Spider Man before, um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true, and Wolverine, uh, and <laughs> and now in Riverdale, I don't know if I'm cu- how current it is. Archie was in World War Two or World War One in the trenches, apparently, in between seasons. Even though Riverdale's set in the modern era, apparently there's like another world war. I don't know what it was. He was in the trenches, like proper with like a, a, a like a proper old fashioned bayonet gun, saying how bad it was and, and how he's got PTSD <laughs> from being in World War What it's like What? what the fuck's happened? I, I'm not even kidding. I don't even know what it what it I when I saw it, I thought Riverdale was just a Archie's teen about, drama show. Archie's about Archie wanting to either go out with Betty or Veronica. That's how the comics always worked. It was a comedy comic. And then Marvel decided to put it into the Marvel universe. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and it got deep. But, Sorry, I'm just reading reading about the Archie goes in the army because I'm curious on this now. He's in the trenches. It's like the tre- like like the, the Battle of the Rhine or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean one of the one of the paragraphs in this article says Seriously, has this been 1968 the whole time? Is there a secret war in modern-day Riverdale verse that we haven't even heard about yeah! before now? That's what I mean. They're, they're, using like, they're using, like, Agent Orange and stuff from Vietnam, but they're in, like, trenches. Like, what the fuck's going off in Riverdale? <laughs> <laughs> and that's in the Sabrina I mean, I mean, universe as well. It is. So we don't, we don't want to. We don't want to talk about the chilling adventures of Sabrina because that'll get me ranting for a while. Yeah, I, I don't even know if Archie... I think Archie might have even started off as DC as well. I know there's some, like, weird fucking... Like, he's a proper little time skipper, is Archie. He's probably the most powerful comic character in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Archie, renderer of worlds. Yeah, the, 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 the world destroyer, the world eater. <laughs> uh, if Bjorn... Kurt's listening, he appears in Infinity War. No, he doesn't! <laughs> Bjorg Pruschmeier says, uh, Downton Abbey Season 4 was a major drop from 3. Also, Dexter Season 5 after the incredible Season 4. Agreed. So much agreed. Mm, yeah. Dexter. You've talked about <laughs> Dexter a lot, you guys. I still haven't watched oh, it. The new one's coming out soon. One to four. No idea how that's going to work out. Very low hopes for that. Um, yep. Last up, Angry Kurt Best Boy says, Hi, Emmy crew. I can think of many suggestions, which I'm going to reel off here. The most obvious example is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yep. but that has been spoken about before and obvious to everyone. Second, I will go with The Bourne Legacy. The first three Bourne films were great as- action espionage films, but this fourth entry with Jeremy Renner was utterly forgettable. The Bourne films have a great have great scenes in them, such as the sniper in the Waterloo Station sequence, but the only thing I can remember about Legacy is that Matt Damon wasn't in it. <laughs> I liked it, but agree, it's got nothing on... The Bourne. I've yes. got a. Well, I did actually enjoy that. It movie. had very little to do with the Bourne franchise in general. Yes. I've got an announcement just... to make. You've never seen a Jason Bourne film. I've never seen a Jason Bourne film. Wow. You'd enjoy them. They're so good. You, you, you should watch them for Patreon once we finish with Too Faff Too Curious. What, Oodles Bourne? Oodles Supremacy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it, it, it's not as fun listening to someone going, This is really this good. This is really good. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I like Matt Damon, but yeah, I've just never got. I've seen bits. I've seen the bits where he's having fights in the like in the apartments and he's fighting with Penn and stuff like that. And I've seen loads and loads of bits of it. I don't know which film, but yeah, I've seen them bombing about in a mini. Were they in a mini on one of them? Yep. Yeah, I've seen. I know. I know he gets like picked up on a boat and he's insomniac or something. But... Amnesia. Is that what it is? Insomnia. What am I on about? He can he can sleep. Yeah. He just, <laughs> he, he just can't remember. 
remember everything, but I just can't sleep. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a sequel. <laughs> and Kirk, Kirk goes on to say, shout out also to FIFA 08, which was the first to hit the PS3 360 generation of consoles. And even though I can't put my finger on why, but FIFA games since then have never been as fun to me. Perhaps it didn't help that it coincided with Derby's worst ever season <laughs> in the Premier League, so playing as them wasn't much fun, and any thoughts of football at the time weren't great. But I still felt the gameplay was lacking. Uh, explain that. Explain that one. Was did Derby have that bad a season? Yeah, yeah, got the worst record ever, like for a relegated team. Yeah, fourteen Ooh. points. Oh, is it eleven? FIFA got bad when I had to uh, when oh, when yeah. Leeds weren't in Premiership anymore, and I had to go to a different division. That's when it got bad. <laughs> I mean, the thing with. <laughs> The thing with FIFA and Pro Evo as a game is just that Pro Evo, Pro Evo simulated the game of football really well. I felt well. like it was more arcade. FIFA, FIFA just didn't never quite caught that until later on when they realised people were just fed up with the, another FIFA every year, just no better than the well, previous You're all on Virtua Soccer, what best? Pro Evo was like absolutely smashing it in the mid noughties like to the yeah. and then for some reason FIFA managed to turn it around. But now it's just it's just the same game like every year. I mean are FIFA's considered good now? Not no, really. Hey, all the community just complains about them every year. Like I bought that I bought yeah. FIFA twenty one on Switch and it were like Oh, so you bought FIFA nineteen. Yeah, 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 I knew this, but it were it were like <laughs> it were like six quid on sale because they were just trying to flog a FIFA. And it's actually all right. Just on a little sweet you know, I'm not expecting Fucking brass they physics. focus too much on the business model of the, the foot teams and the master, not the master league. The I can't think what it's called in Pro Evo. Um, their version of it, and it, it, it's just that's where all the focus has gone. They want to make Ultimate money. Team. They want that transition. Tra- I can't speak. The <laughs> micro transactions, the loot boxes, the gambling side. They want people's money. They don't care about the actual game of football that people want to play. Mm. That's the problem. Oh, Paul went out for FIFA. Yeah, so and that's the end of the mailbox. Wow, that was a drop in quality. I'm joking. I just needed to say it. Right, excellent. <laughs> so um, it's, it's time for the socials, which is a peak in quality, in my opinion. And you get a little sneak peek also of what we'll be doing next week. Yep, we have a new website that's uh, recently launched, <laughs> which is... <laughs> <laughs> modernescapism.co.uk on there you can find a link to all of our socials our social media sorry and our contact details if you do have any comments or you have any mail for us you can either tweet us or email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com or you can find us on our lovely lovely discord server uh, if you fancy watching and interacting with us live whilst playing through some games you can find us on twitch.tv slash modernescapism Biggie's currently playing through Dark Souls, usually on Mondays. I run a weekly horror stream on Thursdays. I'm currently playing Outlast. Gadget Stig and Noodles host variety streams throughout the week. Um, the best place is for you to check our Twitter to see when we go live. You can find us on Patreon.com. We've already spoken about that, but we've got three tiers. £5 for Modern Escapees, £5 for Scorch Sheep, or £7.50 for the Biggie Bundle, which gets you both. Next week's subject is Best Ensembles, Ooh. So, which films... It's going to have to be films, isn't it? Uh, it could be. It, it could is... be like uh, super groups, bands, and stuff like that. TV shows, yep. TV shows. Yeah, not so much. Stig's not allowed to mention uh, the Marvel universe. Uh, he is. Uh, it's <laughs> not so much games and books. On I find this something one. different. But yeah, uh, and, and guys, guys, you can't vote for us because you know we're a great ensemble. 
Oh, I'm gonna have to have a <laughs> rethink then. Yeah, but you know, you could you could uh, like suggest like uh, I don't know a certain D and D podcast that uh, oh, God, that, that we know about. Yeah, yeah. I would also encourage everyone to listen to tomorrow's episode. Dungeon Dads, when it yeah, drops. that's correct. No, 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 no. <laughs> do Dragon's Game of Oh, that one. Oh, I do love them. Um, yes, I, I, I would encourage everyone to listen to uh, episode nine when it drops tomorrow because it's fucking incredible. Um, is it? If I do say so myself. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it as much as you. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 if you don't like oodles, you'll fucking love it. <laughs> oh, I am! I, I am in it, guys. It's not you're not getting away with me f- from me again. But Jesus Christ, he punished me for having a week off. <laughs> Fucking hell, I was punished. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, ensembles next week. Look forward to that. And for our patrons, we'll meet you around the back. You know, you know what for? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And for everyone else, I just want to wish you whatever time of day it is. I just want to wish you all good night. Bye-bye. Sorry, not, I was, not where I watched it, though. I will, read it. <laughs> I will read in my notes a second. You can skip this. You can cut this bit out. One second. Just made a glaring error on my notes. <laughs> He's talking about the wrong thing. Shit, that's, that's next week's. <laughs> no, no, no. No, <laughs> no. no.